Hey y'all, I'm Moni and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Hello, 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 all you beautiful mixologists. Welcome back to Mixing with Moni. I am your host, Moni, and I feel a little bit lighter, and y'all will hear why in a second. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably already know, Um, but I think it's going to be a good week and a really good end, a a good last quarter, a fourth quarter to this crazy year. Um, I hope you all are doing well. I am so excited for this week in Bravo. Oh my God, it has been incredible. Salt Lake City came on point. Atlanta was, I have concerns, but most part good. And Potomac part one, honey. Okay, yo, (laughs) they're giving it to us. And I don't know what we did to deserve it other than survive 2020. So It's going to be a really fun episode. I am with Ono Bravo again, mainly because that is who said yes last minute when someone else um, did not, wasn't able to come through. But also I can't, certain things I just know certain people are great for. And I know that with Ono Bravo, she would help me get through this week with some clarity, but also different perspectives. Some people have liked her on specifically because she has different hot takes than me. And this time I promised y'all I let her talk. Okay. I read the reviews. Many I don't agree with, but also that's, that's, thus is life. Um, I let her talk that much. I can definitely try to do better at And I think that it showed me how important it is to do that because she has so many great things to say, so many fun perspectives. And that's exactly why I wanted her to be on this week. It made me think differently about a lot of things, especially with Potomac. She is super smart. She is also a mental health professional, um, though this is not a session for that. And she's just shooting the shit. It's fun to be like, are am I nuts or are they nuts? Who's nuts? And from her non-professional opinion, she just, you know, always answers with the most ethics. But she's really great with shady hot takes. She has a lot of differences of thoughts. Her Instagram lives are legendary. She's even going live tonight with Katie Maloney from uh, Vanderpump Rules, who was also on Salt Lake City. And we talk about that. And I didn't hold back because though that's her guest and I'm really happy for my friend to get, you know, the good Bravo Labs, it's guest. Um, Katie on Salt Lake City made me sad. So we will talk about that and so much more. Holidays are here. I hope this, you know, meets you in a place where you can treat yourself to a little snack, a little eggnog, a little wine, maybe a Christmas movie, a Christmas bath, a Christmas bath, maybe something, do something that makes you happy, relax, sit back. Let's enjoy. It's a longer episode because me and Ono Bravo just got so deeply into it. Um, and I'm excited. I'm excited for you guys to hear. I'm excited for y'all to um, hear the news. You might already know about it, but I decided to address it up front. It is my podcast. My name is literally, I'm sorry already in advance. I said literally way too many times this episode. I will get a new word. 
I promise I will be more cognizant. No need to let me know. I will be more cognizant and say something else. But also I wanted to address it early, the situation that I did on my Instagram and everything because I knew I was going to be recording and I wanted, I explained why and all that, but it also, my name is in it. And sometimes people like to hear what I have to say. And I know I repeat stories and things like that. The main reason why is because new people are listening all the time. I get a lot of new listeners who don't hear those things and it's a recap show. So they're really not going to go back and binge every single thing. So the perspective that I had from the story might be re-applicable to the new thing that I'm talking about now. And I know it's annoying. I'm sorry to people who listen every week. We're trying to convert as many people as possible to be weekly listeners, but as it's growing, new people are here and they want to hear new fun things. And so to them, it's like, wow, she did that. She went to that thing or she, and um, I do have a question for one specific reviewer what football knowledge do I have knowledge of? I just really want to know if for, for those who think that I spend a lot of time talking about football knowledge and stuff, I know nothing about football other than that's what it's called. Um, I, I, I don't know too much. I, I, I tried to speak to the things that I know. So yeah, I'm really sorry if I have over talked about that. Cause I don't know much about it at all. I Google a lot of things kind of in recording. So um, sports is not my jam, even though I went to sports schools, but I didn't go to the, those things. I went for the tailgates and other stuff. So I just speak to those experiences. But again, those are just some quick explanations. I'll try not to respond to reviewers too often just because it's y'all's place to vent. So I'm going to keep doing what I can do. I'm grateful for you all listening to whatever you feel like you can listen to. And for those that feel like, no, ugh, I can't listen. I hope you find a podcast that suits you. Enjoy this episode with Ono Bravo and let's have fun. Um, There will not be a Black Resilience this week because I'm doing something special um, for the end of the year and I'm saving it for later. So have fun, sit back, relax, enjoy. Please stay safe and healthy these holidays and let's get into it. We are reaching the end of the show and I'm having so much fun with my guest this week. And if you are too, guess what? I'm butting in to let you know you can join the Patreon for Mixing with Moni if you need a little bit of additional content to brighten up your day or if you want to hear more guests, more hot takes. We are doing a recap monthly of Orange County season four, the inaugural season of Gretchen back when she had a very rich older fiance and back when Tamara may or may not have been a good housewife. And the reason I miss her now, question mark, Mm, we don't know. Also, weekly recaps of The Bachelorette if you're on that journey with me and Tasha, and weekly Bravo Hot Topics. If you've been wondering where the hot topics are, that is where they are over at the Patreon. We have multiple levels as low as $5 up to VIP mixologist and more. Um, a lot of fun content, a lot of great guests, guests you love here on the regular pod and Bravo fan accounts, other memers, other podcasters, that and so much more over at patreon.com slash mixing with money. Come mix with us. Back to the show. Hello, 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 all you wonderful mixologists. Welcome back. As promised, I am here with Ono Bravo herself. I feel like at this point, I'm just stalking her and that's fine. She says it's okay. I checked, I asked permission. 
Um, so it's okay for me to be obsessed and it's okay that she's back. There's so many hot takes. And I just feel like during this time of insane housewives overload, where everything is just too good to miss a single detail. I just needed one of the most detail oriented people I know from the internet to do it. And none other than meme queen. And it's more than just memes because they're like extravaganzas of memes and things I needed her expertise and so I'm very happy you're back thank you thank you thank you for having me well the feeling is mutual I stalk you as well and Moni I'm sorry so before we get into anything oh yeah go ahead okay before we get into anything I have a bone to pick with you I swear that you were like I'm recording with Ono Bravo today I need to just casually you know drop a bomb on my Instagram congratulations for coming out publicly like holy shit Thank you. I, (laughs) it's very funny because it's like a thing. Every time I talk to Ono Bravo, y'all, I swear she thinks that like, I hate her because I just drop things (laughs) on her and give her no warning. And it's like a test or something. I don't know what this is, the psycho thing that I do. Well, I hope I've been passing the test. No, yeah, absolutely. It's (laughs) like, I just drop things on her and I texted her like right before we recorded hold on a sec, I'm coming out. And then, I mean, then she like just scrolls on Instagram because I'm late for the recording and she's just like, what's happening? Who, what is, what is going on here? So, you know, what is so funny? (laughs) I got that text and I almost made a joke because I thought you meant like, hold on, I'm coming on to the, like, I'm coming on to the show. Yeah. And I almost made the joke of like, well, you've already done that to me once because for your listeners, Moni just, that was another bomb that one time we were recording and just, you know, her girlfriend popped in the background. She's like, oh, okay, bye. And I was just like, oh, okay. Like, not that it needed to be like an announcement, but then just like we moved on like as usual. I didn't even know she was dating somebody. So I almost made the joke of like, haha, you already did that to me once when we were recording. But now that I'm realizing, oh no, you were just casually actually coming out publicly on your Instagram. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely more nerve wracking than I made it seem to in my text, but that's also the way I do things. Y'all know Mm -hmm. that y'all listen to me every week. What happened was, and then obviously we'll get into the Bravo, but I want to address it in case people are like, who are on my Instagram and stuff or don't have Instagram or like, what's, wait, what's happening? Um, Yes, I came out. People are gay, Steven, in the words of, um, I know her as Phyllis from The Office, but this is from the OA. Um, It's one of my favorite memes because it's connected to me for so long. And it's one of the things that I used to even come out to my own mother years ago. I came out to the last person in my life. Um, who was my father recently, and it went so well, better than what I expected and better than what I anticipated for for years, not telling him. So I just felt like it was time. I also, this is just for the mixologist and um, those who don't know her, I have a feeling that within the next year, maybe less, maybe, no, definitely not more, but in the next year, maybe less, we'll see. Um, I have a feeling that my girlfriend of a very long time is going to propose. And something that I promised her was that once she did, I would, because she's always like, when can I come on the podcast? When can I come on the Instagram? Because she literally lends me to all of this, this world, these, my recording schedule is nuts. I say yes to everyone. I'm always on a show. Like I'm always doing something. And I wanted to make it very clear also to her that she's just as important to me as her making that big step. Um, And so I was like, why not? And I was always afraid to, because of the Ariana syndrome, Vanderbump rules, Mm -hmm. people are cruel just as much as people are gay. Steven, people are cruel. 
everyone else like they can be a lot and they can try to put you in a box or they could if, if it's not the right time for them they can say and make it feel like it's very personal with an attack to them for you to be who you are and I just was really nervous really anxious about it and so I am I literally did it right before coming on so I couldn't be on Instagram yeah. for a yeah. while and I couldn't look at it or anything and I'm I don't know if I'm going to read the comments I am going off of the naive faith and hope that majority of the people are very good and kind because that is usually what I encounter mm -hmm. um especially on my page but also I'm not a Bravo celebrity so people don't feel as strongly to hate me as other as a Bravo yeah. celebrities but just in the spirit of all these Bravo babes who have been coming out, living their truth, doing their thing. You got Bronwyn who came out. And then this morning, Izzy came out from below deck. And I am like, okay, it's 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 a matter of bravery. And Lord knows I have plenty of that. Like I am a confident mm -hmm. little person. So I really wanted to just finally get it out there and be like, listen, I'm still the same Bravo loving shady queen that you love. So <laughs> nothing changes. It's just simply... If I ever tell you I have an announcement, it will, I don't want it to also shock you when I tell you who that announcement is from. So <laughs> right. there is that, there is a picture of me and that girl from the only one I'm probably ever going to post. I don't know. We'll see. Um, in my stories and in my highlights right now, if you're interested, but this is not an attention seeking thing. So I really don't no. care. It's just for the people who have questions or who wanted to know so they don't go digging or looking for her or anything and I don't think people would care that much um but just I don't know, in people case. are weirdos though I think you I'm about did to it. say I think you did it I've smart. seen people have I've seen uh, oh no Bravo knows that there have been people who are that's literally why I referred to her by her main name that sometimes people can get a little fixated and and you know what to each his own I understand but I'm just going to do a little extra step to make sure you just get fixated on what I'm comfortable sharing so yeah. Yeah, and protecting her because she did not sign up for this life at all. She literally is acting like, so after you record, we can go to Starbucks? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, why? Well, I was so, so excited to to see that. And like, I think it's so, it's so important. And I, I'm so happy for you that you can really just Thank like you. live your true full self because it's so funny how open you are about your life and your opinions and your experience and now this will lend itself to just another avenue for you to be able to connect with the mixologist and, and tell your point of view and I can't wait to hear her perspective on things because I love oh, yeah. I love partners perspectives I mean you know Dr. Bald is like yes. a coveted <laughs> guest on my Patreon but like I just love hearing what people who are like forced to be around this universe forced, like what yes. they what they soak in by osmosis and I just yes. like I, I think those are sometimes the hottest takes because it's like they're truly not listening to anybody else's opinions like yes. they just have their thoughts about like what they encountered while they're washing dishes and we're watching a show for like the fifth time that week yes I think that's so true uh, my girlfriend her name is Maya she consistently will say things and I will sometimes look at her like are you are you are you high like are you crazy no that's <laughs> wrong and it's because I'm deep in this world and all the meme creators we have these opinions and usually we're used to so much evidence and stuff to back down like to back up what we're saying so sometimes her hot takes will just be like oh she'll, like, watching Potomac she'll just be like well Ashley's out here being messy again no she's driving the show what are you talking about take it back <laughs> 
And she's like, well, what did she expect? I mean, they were going to, why are they coming for Chizoa? It's like, what are you saying? Get it together. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, this is her opinion. This is, this is so new to them. They don't know all the nuances. They don't know the receipts and everything. They're literally just sitting down, watching and, op- and opining. Remember those days? It used to I be do. so fun. <laughs> it was so funny. I just had Kai from the Real Housewives orders on my Patreon and we were talking about our embarrassing like hot takes and opinions when we first started watching. And mm-hmm. I admitted how I was like a hardcore LVP stand. And I was like, she couldn't possibly, yeah, like she couldn't possibly be manipulating. Like, no, Rana said Munchal. Oh, I she definitely never- thought she was manipulating and that's what made me a fan. Oh, Go see, on. I was, I was so, I had my rosé colored glasses on. I was like, <laughs> no way. And then Kai, um, um, he, he admitted he like tweeted at Kyle Richards and was like, I love you, Kyle. And he said like, she recently, he recently went back through his thread and was like, I got to delete these texts. Like talk about a job ruiner <laughs> that I was like a Kyle Richards stan. Like, I love no, that. Yeah, no, that one hurts. Cause I used to, <laughs> when I was young and dumb, I used to actually really like Kyle blindly. And I couldn't tell you why that was always the thing. It was like, when you just watch these ladies, there's so many reasons you just like them for no reason. And yeah. then I started listening to podcasts and stuff. And I was like, oh, wait, perspectives. And it's mainly because we don't all see the same thing the same times. And I used to just watch it once. Now we yeah. watch it like once to watch it, sometimes twice to enjoy it, like one time to take notes on it. We're taking notes and we miss things. And then I have to kind of rewatch it a little bit to clip things together for memes and mm-hmm. gifts and things like that. It, I'm like, I don't, I get overload. And then I, I notice things and I go, huh? Like it took me my third time watching Salt Lake City to realize that Mary was describing her housekeeper is, is her cousin. Um, the first time I, I was like, huh? okay so she's just friend of the family and I was like no girl you know genetics and biologies and and family trees grandmothers oh my god what was it her grandmother's brother's daughter yes so my second cousin cool cute I thought that that was so strategic how she said that like she could have said my cousin or like you know, my, my distant cousin or like my cousin from my dad's side. I don't know. It was just like, so bizarre that Mary Cosby is bizarre. bizarre. (laughs) Like she continues every, every episode. I'm just like sitting there. I'm just like, what, what? I, I think she was trying to allow herself to also then say that she's not close. And I honestly don't think that Mary understands what closeness is. I think she thinks And this is just, this is my hot take. And then we'll probably get into Salt Lake City first at this point. But I think that her idea of close is someone knowing how she really feels about her family situation. So I think we are hearing cousin, 20 years with your son, he came, she came over one day and never left. That's the epitome of close, right? right? And I think she Mary is puts up walls with anyone in her family she there's a certain amount that she will let them see and feel obviously because there is something dark happening inside of her there's something nefarious that has gone on it feels very clear that there's something not right I mean it seems like she wants to consistently let us know and tell other people she did not want this and she knows how bad it looks but doesn't know how bad it looks like she Mm -hmm. doesn't understand how why how bad it is because she's been conditioned especially by her husband 
how this is just a part of their situation. This is just who they are, blah, blah, blah. And so she thinks that because I remember she was so hurt when Jen alleged, you know, the whole grandpa fucker thing, which I just love that she keeps saying grandpa and mapper. And that's exactly how I know that there is a second, a third party that did probably tell Mary this because that's not what Jen said. She said, a grand, like you want to go with Mary who fucked her grandpa and every woman in their confessionals remembers it as grandpa motherfucker. Or grandpa. Oh, wait, there's a, po- oh my gosh. I'm so sorry for whoever this podcast was. I was listening to their clip on Instagram. Oh, it's two women. It's going to come to me. They were, they were breaking down the, the difference between a grandpa, grandpa effer and a grandpa, grandpa mother effer and it's like you're yes. literally bringing another person in this is now someone who f's your grandfather <laughs> if it's an, if it's a mother effer, exactly. your grandfather's mother <laughs> exactly like a whole new level of of badness there and i think that she has made it very clear that she did not want this and that she's mm-hmm. been conditioned to think that this is not bad because of the lifestyle that she was afforded and that she's yeah. comfortable in. And I think that she probably gets told often, this is just all my, uh, you know, all my thoughts. Like she probably gets told often, what else would you have done? Like, what else would you do? And right. you want to know something for how young she was, it makes sense that she would believe that because she never had a chance to think about what she would do. She was yeah. young when they got, together or married or whatever but for someone who faked a period for a month who had to take two weeks to think about this we're hearing rumors like you know and and allegations that he like had the whole family pray over Mm -hmm. something out of nowhere and be like everybody just pray and tell me what god tells you yes or no and everyone especially when you throw god into it everyone's gonna say yes because the whole idea especially around um Christianity and things like that and especially what's often taught in the in in a lot of black churches of many denominations is to just be ready for God just be say yes to God for anybody who grew up Christian that's usually it's like you got to be prepared God's going to speak and move so if the pastor is telling you do you hear a yes Mm -hmm. and then they're all like yes you go okay so what I was what it was was that I need to marry Mary and I think you tell me what you think I think that her mother wanted to marry him because she didn't want her daughter to like she didn't want her daughter to have to that's a nice spin on it I would like to think that's the truth I mean how wild is the story that we're like rooting for a mother to steal the grandfather from the granddaughter but take me (laughs) it's kind of I think those are all really good points and I agree with all of that and I've heard the pushback obviously the Instagram and Reddit investigators are on the Mary M. Cosby case like there are so many shady shady allegations against her so I do think she's complicit in a lot of alleged Oh yeah, you still be a bad person. Be a but victim. I think, but I think that it's kind of like the boiling frog analogy. That if you throw a frog into boiling water, they're gonna hop out. But if you put a frog into a pot of water and you slowly crank up the heat, they mm. get used to it. They and then they will boil because they are like getting used to the different temperatures as it rises and rises. Wow, and I think that's, point. I think that's been her marriage. Like I think that she at one time knew how strange it was, and I think that she knows it's weird in a, in a tangential type of way. Like she knows objectively, it's strange that she married Mm -hmm. her step-grandfather, but I wonder how much of this is bringing up those old feelings because she's in 
a confessional setting where they're basically asking you therapeutic based questions. They're asking you to really evaluate like what your thoughts and feelings about things are. And so I wonder how much of this is bringing up those old wounds and kind of picking at those scabs of all of these thoughts that she has buried because she strikes me as someone who does not do a lot of introspection and thinking. She's very much somebody who's like, I'm going to put a bandaid on it and keep it moving because if I sit still too long, like I'm going to lose my shit. Mm -hmm. And so I find her to be such an interesting character to watch because even from scene to scene, you either resonate with her or you're like, you're a monster or you're like, you're hilarious or, oh, you're so broken. Like there is so many layers to Mary M. Cosby. Yes. And you want to know something? I like her. I think that her as an individual, probably scary. Uh, There sometimes, you know, people who are hurt do hurt other people. Mm -hmm. I have heard the recordings. um, I talked about it with Priscilla on my um, Patreon of Hot Topics. I've heard the recordings of, Mm -hmm. you know, her calling her people poor and everything like that. And I've, it's bad. It is bad. And to address some things, people, especially some churches, they can absolutely make a lot of money. A lot of pastors, to me, I think it depends on the denomination that you are. Mm -hmm. But my grandmother, her Baptist church is very small, very traditionally Black Baptist, very older. And they meet once a year. I think I've shared this story before. And sometimes I share stories multiple times, guys. It's mainly because people are new when they listen. It's not just us regulars. We have to convince the girls to come back. So they would meet yearly about what to gift their pastor, like Mm. what elaborate gift to give them on top Mm. of the salary that he makes to do it of the church's money. There's no other money coming in, but from the, from the people. So it's, it's very possible. I've never seen it to this extent, but I also wonder if that's also just because of it's a creature of habit, like the environment of Park City and everything. It seems like labels are a big deal. Nice things are a big deal. Being that perfection, hitting that perfection, it feels very Beverly Hills, but like with a, a purification tweak. Like it's not just about how debaucherous you are. It's literally the opposite. It's how pure you are, but also we're showing off. We're letting the girls know that we have things. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. And I just, Mary just continues to confuse and delight me. I just, every, like, that is episode, correct. <laughs> episode to episode, I like, I'm just so, I'm such on a journey with her. It's like, I don't think I can be a Mary Stan because I kind of see the writing on the wall and I kind of mm. see it going in a alleged Teresa or Erica Jane type oh, of situation. Happening. Oh, it's like, happening. Like, there's something that is, a miss there. And I just don't understand. I guess it's just pure narcissism that these mm-hmm. housewives keep coming on, knowing damn well there are skeletons in the closet and just yeah. thinking that they are smart enough and rich enough and cute enough that the Reddit sleuths aren't going to dig it up. Like it's so wild to me that this mistake keeps being made again and again and again. And to the effect of not even just money, but like family to me i'm wondering why mary would say yes to this people and some people might be saying it's because she thinks there's nothing wrong with it but then her confessionals i i I beg to differ unless Mm -hmm. she's like i want to finally get my truth out there about it or she's i think trying to escape in a weird way i think she is coming on to kind of make it make sense and she needs a preparation plan to leave because Mm -hmm. and I, i can't understand why this man would let her sign on to do this and I I say let it let her because it feels like maybe he would be hesitant 
to have their family do this because of this reason because it seems like he knows what he's doing and Mary has somehow been very manipulated over the years and there was this there was this scene and I actually think you referenced it it was like it was funny because we all saw the same thing but not this episode but the last week's episode Uh there was this moment that was so chilling to me where she was with her grandfather slash husband and she she kind of like husband her grand grand husband thank you yes um she puts on like her little hat she's got her little workout suit on and she kind of just like skipped down the hall and it was like very like little girl and I was just like holy shit Mm -hmm. I can see the two of them together as a grandfather and granddaughter and it was so chilling to me their dynamics I I do get the vibe that it is very like caregiver child type of thing even the way she's kind of asking for his attention or like getting upset about the dynamics Mm -hmm. it's just very very dark for me and I think there there is such a darkness there and I do appreciate I mean she seems to be very open about it it does give me a little bit of whiplash because she's like digestic get used to it and then she's you know sobbing about it again but I again think that that may stem from the fact that she is now opening these old wounds and she can't even control everything that's spilling out now that she's kind of popped the top yes I think that it's definitely she probably came on with the intention of oh yeah this is just who we are we're just Mm -hmm. it's get over it but I do I agree with you I think there's a level of oh shit no but don't don't think this way about me this is our family is one thing I got my son out of it which tends I'm not a mother but it does tend to be a narrative that we hear very frequently of mothers is like Mm -hmm. the situation could have been shit and we see it with Heather this week yeah the situation was shit but my kids are here how can I possibly hate the situation that bred me my children that's literally what Heather said Mm -hmm. and I think that that makes a lot of sense because And it seems like that's one of the reasons Mary doesn't want her son to leave the house. Like doesn't want him to be so up into this girl that, you know, he leaves her beyond the typical like mother of a son type thing. It feels like she genuinely doesn't want to be left alone. And because, and I, I can, I can see that. I am so curious to how this reunion is going to go with Mary specifically. And if the husband is going to come, I, I get a Michael Darby vibe where he'll control the narrative. And when he's out, and he'll yeah. control everything that happens and the the questions will go directly to him and not her which I can't stand when yeah. we care when Andy cares more about what this husband this one husband has to say than the actual housewife that is on his show I have issues that means you are overshadowing yeah. your your spouse and that I don't like but at the same time I want Mary to have this outlet and they already took the questions for the reunion I saw that that's it's happening that's so cr- but that's such a short season I feel I don't like enjoy that I know. It makes me very sad, but it's okay because we're going to keep relishing in Salt Lake City. This was a fantastic episode. Whitney's husband is turning 52 mm-hmm. and he's having the birthday bash of 50. Like she <laughs> says we go out every year, go all out every year. But one of the, one of the pictures is them at a restaurant. And I'm like, that's pretty normal. That's the whole point <laughs> is that you only do the milestones this big usually. I mean, if you got the bag to be spending it like that and dropping it on every single birthday go for it Mm -hmm. I am curious if she thought more of it would be on the show though because did you see the the, those guests that she had that we behind the scenes that we did not see yeah Yeah. y'all little John was there and Post Malone I'm like Post Malone is on the charts like today like he's a he's a star and he's just singing 
at, at your at your party and I was shocked. I was floored. I was like, why did we not see this? And I'm thinking it's probably um, releases and money. Mm-hmm. Like maybe Bravo was like, girl, we are not about to pay these people to be on an appearance and I don't know fee if they, or something. I don't know if they performed or not, but like they definitely don't have the rights to play their songs on Bravo. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, Post Malone did perform because I saw it was, he was on a stage and everybody okay. was like touching everybody like hands and stuff. And I just kept thinking, oh, Corona. No, but <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, no. I, 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 I kid. It, they, it was a different time they were having fun this was last year I also it made me wonder if this was part of the previous production company so like maybe because there's a lot that they scrapped and redid again like I said last week Mary wasn't thought of to be a housewife during the first production company I think Steven told me that from Faces by Bravo like I can't believe it. She was, they weren't going to make her full time. Well, that tells imagine. me everything I need to know about that old production company. Right. Because Can you imagine? That is the story that needs to be told. And they also filmed Whitney's wedding like so towards think, the end of the season. That, and we saw it in the premiere. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that that is why Jen, when Mary said she wants to be the big dog, do you think that's why Jen has such an issue besides the stuff we obviously learned about the seven 11 of it all, but do you think that that's part of her issue with Mary is that originally she was going to be the queen bee MVP and then Mary got brought on by the new production company. And it's like, Oh shit, there's another like dynamic yes. woman ad- added. I can see that because it's literally in Jen's tagline mm-hmm. <laughs> that she's the queen bee and the MVP. And I think that she was meant to be, but I also think that because it's shed media that is doing the, um, production for this current season they do new york city housewives mm-hmm. so they're very they've also done mexican dynasties oh my god uh, this is why yeah, i, I need to tell dr bald this when we did our salt lake city um recap on my patreon he loved mexican dynasties that was like his favorite bravo show of all time it was and very was, good so was and he was saying he was saying salt lake city reminded him of mexican dynasties i'll have to tell him that that was that's been yes. founded and it, it definitely moves a little bit like new york they move very yes. quick nobody harbors on anything and i i kind of enjoy that but they're pros right so they i think they might have saw through jen's footage and been like she is excessively trying and this is no shade did you I mean it's shade but I don't dislike <laughs> yeah. Jen is what I mean yeah she's trying very hard to do the formula of housewives yes and it's not working what she really the, the, the approach she actually should have taken is more of Lisa's approach which is I'm going to try to be very buttoned up because I'm going to be on camera mm-hmm. but I'm so kooky inside I literally cannot hide it it's impossible yes. for you not to notice it can I touch can, oh, I, touch? can I touch like I threw his Rolex out the window. You don't have to, some girls feel like they have to give favors for nice things, but I, I don't have to, to her husband. When, she, when her deepest, when her deepest thing she needed to share with the group was, I just hold myself to a high standard and I just love myself. I don't myself. know why I'm crying. <laughs> I'm just I like, love her oh, so girl. much. I mean, it, it's fantastic. And the the fact that she keeps pining after the LDS church, like uh, she's not a practicing Mormon, but she's still, mm-hmm. or she's not a Mormon, but she still practices. So she's not like, I hear you have to be recognized or something by the church, which I find to be quite fascinating. I would love to know more about that. Feel free people if you like to, to chime in here. Um, especially on the Facebook group, definitely go on in there because y'all like to spill all the tea and it helps me prepare. It's like the good, the good news <laughs> gossip. But I think that she wants 
back in and she's trying to show them like look I am really good mm-hmm. I am so good at my job it's like a, an open audition like I'm so good at my job because she keeps she mentioned it as she's preparing for Sunday so a right. part of who she is and what she's doing in her career she goes and that's one of the things I love about the LDS church yeah that was so that was Dr. Bald he said that she thinks she wants he thinks she wants in on the LDS church for the business connections because it's such a network of, you know, people, which would make sense. But yeah, she does give me the vibes of like a girl outside of the sorority house wearing the Greek letters on her shirt and being like, rah, rah. And they're like, you are literally not in the sorority. Please go home, ma'am. Yeah. I'm yeah. That would, that would not fly. (laughs) I mean, I'm glad that doesn't fly with any, but I don't, I know so little about other Greek life because when you are in with black Greek life, it is, it is so different. Like it's bred when you're born, like what your family, what your parents are. It's, it's, it's very telling of you have these options or no options. Right. So like my mom is um, the same sorority as Robin Delta Sigma Theta. And she is like, you pledge this and you have a home, you pledge nothing. <laughs> and I love you. You pledge something else and neither occurs. And I, I, I know that there are like the um, stereotypes of like what each sorority girl is like. What is yes. the, so so Giselle and um, Wendy are both AKA. What is the like stereotype about those girls? So old, old, old school is, um, and you take this how it is. This is exactly why I think Wendy made this argument. Old school AKAs would venture or old school people, um, black people would say that like I watched it with a very, I watched this reunion with an older woman. I'm an older black woman who is a Delta. And she was shocked that Wendy is an AKA because there has in, in there has been rumored alleged stereotypes of um, people associating. So it's never been like a practice of the actual sororities, but there's always been kind of like a, um, a nice little divide amongst the hues uh, of and uh, amongst the personalities where Deltas were very outgoing, charismatic, like and down to earth, but tended to be browner um, and and tended to at least be more welcoming of other hues, especially darker hues. Like my mom is a beautiful black chocolate woman and she's a Delta and she's also very down to earth and talks to everyone and is Miss Charismatic Queen. So the, the stereotypes... <laughs> I don't know if they're false because I grew up with the stereotype <laughs> herself. Um, but no, not any less pretty. My mama is still a diva. They're literally called the divas of Delta. Diva Dorothy, Candace's mom, is a Delta. Okay. Um, Robin would be like breaking the mold. So like mm-hmm. that's why, you know, it is simply, you know, the colorism aspect of it is I can't speak to it because I never went down that route, though it was launched on me since I was a child. Um, <laughs> it, but there, there's a lot of mixing and it's now more yet yeah, definitely personality based you could say robin does more adequately represent the stereotype of a delta and giselle more adequately represents the okay okay of an that's AKA. a good way of putting it even wendy i mean honestly the four degree look it feels a little bit not like they're braggadocious but it's like i think they even hold themselves to a standard of being like i have arrived eternally classy mm-hmm. like effervescent you want to be in their group because of what they accomplished and how great you think you are too kind of okay. like that whereas deltas you would want to be in their sorority because you 
are have fun. dope and you're, you want to yeah. have fun. And, and they, they all do great charity work. They all do major things for the community. And they all, to me, the networks are insane. If you are yeah. in some, I mean, they, I mean, they kind of have to be because we're literally fighting racism still in 2020. So mm-hmm. they kind of have to help each other out. Yeah. So the, the networks are insane when you're in, there's a network that is so deep, so big that you go all out. Like you really do for your people. You can, like, I have friends who are a part of the same sorority as my mother and she could barely know them, know them a little bit. And they will do things for each other that mm-hmm. I am like, I am her child, you know? <laughs> you know, like my mom is an executive in human resources in the federal government. And she has been like, I, I've had one of my friends reach out to her and be like, Hey, Soror, um, I'm looking for a job. And she's like, Oh, I'm on the phone with your friend Morgan. And I'm like, wait, what, why? She's like, she's looking for a job and I'm helping her. I'm like, you're helping her girl. I'm unemployed. <laughs> she's I'm like, should have pledged, should have pledged during- Monty. I told you. <laughs> trying to just I'm literally in school because what else am I going to do during the pandemic mm-hmm. and I can't be in a classroom you could help me maybe because she can work <laughs> from home so I'm like and she's like well that's my girl that's she's a sorority and like, I'm but like I'm literally okay. your girl like literally well, I like, am literally, your girl I am your girl <laughs> so it, it makes sense it, it does make sense like and I but th- it also goes to show Robin and Gisela BFFs mm-hmm. and it happens I mean they're very the divine nine is what they're called so there's nine historically black um sororities who there are some that are pr- pretty progressive and they and, and welcome a lot of other people which was kind of the point but they had to start their own mm-hmm. chapters at certain schools because obviously they were not allowed in other chapters because you know segregation things like that and all in the 1900s because this is all not that long ago but I, but Monty, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that we solved racism this year, though. Yeah, I think that, absolutely. I think I think it was solved. I think it's, we figured it's it all so out. Gone. It's so gone, and I love that. I love that. It's so gone. There's no more colorism, no more internalized racism, no more outward racism, no more aggression towards people of color. None. We are all good now. So great. Um, and we will talk about Andy knowing. Kamala's association with Greek life and everything because I die like every person I know that watches this like or every like elder like older black woman that watches this was calling me like did you see he knew he, he with it he knows I'm like okay I think he just googled but um, <laughs> yes no, I, I I'm very happy was, for them but for the I, they were my ex- yeah my experience with that is that I worked um I was on the leadership team of this of this one job that I had and I was the only white woman and so they were all like pitching me their like why I should be the honorary member and they were going back and forth and I was like oh this is like a whole a whole world I have no idea oh, honey. about I had it's to like the license plates <laughs> yeah. it's like it's never you never I will say for what I do know from it especially because it's on both sides my mom's side and my dad's side but they're rivaling sides which is exactly why I couldn't pick so I just was like no and I don't want to alienate anyone so I decided to alienate everyone I guess but <laughs> what from what I do um know of it it is bred so early but it is something that you never just say oh I was this in college Mm -hmm. never would those be the words that come out of your mouth you are it still Uh that's it you are who you are (laughs) and it is a part of who you are and it helps 
breed a lot of character. It helps make you who you are. And it lends a sisterhood forever, which is kind of the whole point. Can you make merch that has MWM in Greek letters and we can all be mixing with Mani? Yes, um, Member sorority sisters? Because Beyonce did it when she did her homecoming Coachella. And that was part of the reason why is that she had a lot of a lot of representation of the Divine Nine and stuff in her Coachella performance because she did a Black homecoming. That was right. her thing. It was an HBCU homecoming. So people who do not know that, it was called homecoming. You're like, well, who's homecoming? Like, who is she coming home to? That is why. That is literally... Literally, the representation of what homecoming looks like at HBCU. Yes, honey, it's a week long. It, the football games are insane. The bands are nuts. Like it's it's a it's a big deal. So she did that with her merch. It was four hundred dollars. I will charge you not even a tenth of that. <laughs> I will literally charge oh you ten percent. I would it'd be like twenty dollars, twenty ninety nine, or something like that. Because that's ridiculous. But you know, I tried. It was sold out. Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the magic of Beyonce. You're like, how ridiculous. Also, how can I get it, please? Also, why is it not available? Like, I mean, the, all the drips one and two, like all those drops. I was like, there is no way I can get myself. In- oh, so wait, there's a hat available? Wait, <laughs> okay, let me just, I'm just, um, what, what credit card should I use? Like, because it wasn't a payday, so it's fine. But um, yeah, it, it does lend us to question. I wonder why Bravo keeps doing this whole thing with, I think Bravo wants to have open conversations about race and internalized racism and colorism. And that's why they keep casting people who have differences of opinions and things like that, because Mm -hmm. I'm very curious as to what will happen between Jen and Mary as this continues. Um, Mary has been commenting and responding to a lot of people about this 7-Eleven comment never once does she say she didn't say it it sounds like she's more like oh yeah I associate convenience convenience stores with violence and I'm like that doesn't help your argument girl that actually hurts it um (laughs) but it's it's very possible it does seem like Mary gets gives me the same vibe sometimes that I get from Candace and Dorothy um which is if you have a certain amount of money and you act a certain way which is not this is not a new idea for a lot of communities of color period um especially in mine which is only one I can speak to but in a lot of communities of color I it's just not a new idea that if you have a certain amount of money and you interact a certain way you assimilate past a level of threat to people and Mm -hmm. it's how you wear your hair how you carry yourself what you do they can't possibly think of you as a threat we all know that to be very untrue but it doesn't stop people from trying and I don't think that they think that it makes it's on that it's always foolproof I don't at least Candace for instance I wouldn't I would I know Candace probably would know better but who you are what you look like who you marry um all those things can sometimes lend itself to those ideals I mean Mary they've said that the reddit detectives have said that Mary did look once one way and because God is in her Yes, God shone through. Mm -hmm. And she's shining so much that she is a different hue of like three or four shades lighter because Mm -hmm. of Jesus inside of her. Is it Jesus? You know, I think something's inside (laughs) of her, but I don't know about Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) So I wonder again, why they decided not to have, you know, a big reveal of Whitney's whole birthday um some things that I got uh, Whitney's husband's birthday some things that I, under, I, I understood Heather shaded her um Whitney's husband by saying that he married Whitney because she is 
loads sexier, gen- decades sexier and decades younger. And I said, now that is a fun, that's a fun thing to think about. So um, that, what a way to say that. I love that their love is so real. You know that that's why he married her. Um, and they end up at this girl Catherine's house. Mm-hmm. Why is Catherine not a housewife? I, Monty, of course, we watch so similarly. I wrote down, I've got my eye on you, Catherine, see in season two, because she (laughs) obviously is somebody like the fact that everybody's they were almost like the way that everybody was interacting with her was almost like come over and kiss the ring, you know? Yes. Like I'm interested in this Catherine woman. Yeah. Oh my God. Love you. Hey, haven't seen you in so long. Like you were not all best friends. She even was, Catherine even like threw in a little bit of shade of like, oh, Lisa's not here. Well, I bought her tequila because she was going to be here. As in like, I wouldn't normally buy her tequila, but she was going to be here. And that was going to be a nice thing for me to do. So it was both parts like, aren't I so nice? And also very shady to Lisa. I I like, I like this woman. Yes. Also, I got from that, um, not even just aren't I so nice. And I got it for Lisa. It was, and I wouldn't do it normally. It's, I am a hostess. Mm-hmm. And I literally got the favors for my guests. Right. And that is something that we've seen on many housewives. Mm-hmm. It's also something that kind of like Mary did. You know what I mean? Like she got these fantastic favors to kind of show you that I went the extra mile for you. Right. Cause I knew you were coming to my thing. Um, why is Whitney carrying all the events this year? I also want to know that this is the third one. Second yeah. one. Yeah. Third? I think she's thrown one almost every single episode. Right, she's... we saw her wedding. That was right. first. Yeah. And then the speakeasy thing where she only had a corner of the room, but now can afford Post Malone. I don't know. Um, that, I mean, just saying. <laughs> I don't understand. She couldn't rent out the entire restaurant. Maybe they wouldn't let her. I don't know. Um, but I'm looking at you, Catherine. We want to know if she's the actual queen of Sundance. I think we need to have her on with Lisa. I just do. That feels right to me. We need to bring her out at the reunion. We need to have them sit down. So I don't know, when is this episode coming out? Um, Probably today or tomorrow. Okay, so tonight I am talking to Katie Maloney on my Instagram live. Oh my God, that's going to change a lot of the things I was going to say about you, about this. (laughs) No, I mean, you can feel free. I, my loyalty can be bought. It was so funny. I was DMing with some people and I was like, well, now I'm just like, I'm proving to myself that I can never be friends with a Bravo celebrity because I'm already like, well, if Vanderpump Rules comes back, I'm totally watching. I'm totally being nice to Katie, but, um, but you know, that I'll do a lot of things for Jack not being on. I'll give it a little ring-a-ding, you know? Um, but Katie and Lisa had gotten into like a Twitter war. Did you see this about <gasps> Katie? No. Yeah. So I'm going to ask her about it because Katie basically was like, I literally have never heard of Lisa Barlow before. So I, I mean, I found it interesting because we know that Lala and Lisa, and now, so we're at Jen's party now for her br- cousin's documentary about this rap group who followed me a long time ago. And I was like, it's probably gonna, because they're going to be on SLC. That makes sense to me. <laughs> Um, For a lot of reasons, I chose to no longer continue that following journey, one of which I will never share on this podcast, but you're welcome to ask me and I'll tell you freely. Um, So I'm just writing down a note to ask (laughs) Moni off air. Yeah, I mean, I don't really, people DM me and ask me questions all the time. I don't say it on the air because that is a recipe for review disaster Mm -hmm. um, if they don't agree with it, but you are welcome to ask me or, you know, join the Patreon. I talk very heavy footed over there. Um, so 
I were at her this now Jen's house, which apparently what takes place during Sundance is just a lot of house parties, which to me makes sense as to why it's rumored Jen was renting a home. Pretty sure Meredith admitted that she was in a temporary home. Right. Um, so it makes sense to me now why they do that. Because if you're going to have a million people in your house, you kind of need the space. One, right. two, it's going to be on camera and people are going to be coming and it's about looking perfection. And so, three, you don't, you're not actually ruining your home. There it is. Okay. Also that. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, they're showing this documentary. It probably was short. Nobody was sitting. So I, and I kept thinking to myself, is it not hot? Do they not get seats? Are we watching a movie? I need to sit down with a blanket and some yes. juice when I watch I, a movie. So, you know, this, so the rap group's name is for eternity. And I was like, I need to ask Katie how long this documentary was. Are they all just standing there quietly for 20 minutes? And yes. Dr. Bald was like, someone could say they were standing there for eternity. And I was like, well, yeah, Dr. Bald is he's wild. He's <laughs> the reason you make the memes the way you do. I see. Cause that is legitimately the, the meme essence of Oh No Bravo. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so Katie and Lala are there. Mm -hmm. Whitney goes we have a mutual friend the mutual friend is Bravo yes and when I heard that they were here for insert plug of Lala's movie here Mm -hmm. which is also premiering at Sundance wink wink it's like congrats okay I mean didn't she already tell us she was an actress when we'd be surprised that she actually acted no okay like, that's the point. Like It gives me Heather Debro vibes. I'm an actress and Tim was like, what are you in? And that's the whole point. Like, yeah. Lala being in a movie doesn't shock me because she told me she's an actress. So she needs right. to be in a movie to maintain that their job of right. actress. And it's, you know, that's no shade to working actors and actresses who may not get parts, but Lala's not going on many auditions. She's not pounding the pavement. She's not taking coaching. She's not going to classes. She's not working on her art and her craft so for her to say she's an actress I better see you in some movies then because I don't see you doing the work to get the work like I do the other girls who do the work so then Whitney says and I just heard they were coming and I had to invite them because they're so fun I was like when on this cast has Lala and Katie ever been called fun especially Katie it's are you kidding me tequila katie is the only alter ego she has and it literally scares the shit out of people including her husband and mm-hmm. regular katie speaks to the tone of lisa barlow yes they have the same i wonder if that's a you well no but lisa Bar- barlow is not from utah they do have the same cadence and meredith like- and i don't think meredith is from utah either they all speak this way it was very okay and so yeah and that i mean we'll let's backtrack a second and then we'll come back to Lala and Katie when Brooks is because I don't want to spend much time talking about Brooks he kind of annoys me but when mm-hmm. Brooks um they're getting ready for his fashion show nobody was least pressed least anxious than those two people as alarms were literally going off from water on the ground <laughs> I'm like you do know this means that you probably are having like a wire trip or something my first thought is if water is on my ground flooding and it's triggering my alarms I could have an electrical fire and I'm going to literally die and it's in the snow so it will go out maybe kind of quick but I don't know that so I'm gonna freak out and they're not freak they are 
were you cooking something? I told you no for the fourth time. The fourth time. No, I wasn't. <laughs> okay, but like, mom, make it stop. Hi, Dan. Yeah, there's like toilet water everywhere. Oh my God, toilet water's on my feet. And then the, the, the alarms are going off and I can't get them to stop. It's everywhere. Can you come? I would be on the... <laughs> Oh my God, we're gonna, it could be, what do I do? What, is there a button? They're just like, wait, what's happening? Why is that happening? Make it stop. Were you cooking? But were you cooking? (laughs) But were you cooking? Are you cooking something? I was like, if he asked her one more time, if she, like, what was that? It was crazy, but that monotone behavior it has always lended me Katie because like every time she's even exasperated mm-hmm. with other people, with Sheena, with Stassi, when they would fight, she goes, but okay, Stassi, like you did that too. Like you said that to me and it really hurt my feelings. And I'm like, did it? Is that right? Okay. <laughs> that, that's such a good point. So have you ever, I'm, I'm going to assume no, but you know, you, you never know. You are a, a wealth of knowledge. Have you ever heard about shaky cats? No. <laughs> Okay. What a title. So shaky cats are these like inbred farm cats that have been, (laughs) so they've been so inbred that they have some disorder that they Mm -hmm. just literally like, kind of like wiggle around. And the Mm -hmm. thing about shaky cats is that when they get too stressed out, they literally just like faint. And then they'll come to again. I think Whoa. sheep do this too, if there's something wrong with them. But that's kind of the vibe I get from Meredith and Brooks and Katie to mm-hmm. a degree of like when the world is burning around them, like Brooks is so paralyzed by anxiety that he's just going to like, just sit there with his face mask on and be like, mom, can you like text him and tell him I'm going to be late? It's just like, he no. doesn't, he's like paralyzed with anxiety and also privilege. Okay, Sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I did like him when he mentioned, you know, that he knows how he got this opportunity he and it's from his mom. For me there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I appreciate that because I think that is the true essence of the attitude that he is putting forth. Mm-hmm. I just think that this personality style that is, he thinks is specific to him. Maybe it is for Utah. It is not for us. Right. This whole entitled young rich kid and very glamorous, very fab, knows it mm-hmm. and is ambitious to the extent of what their parents will grant them in life, but also not really working hard. We've seen before. So, and not even just on Bravo in yeah. general, the cold rich kids of Beverly Hills. I was, Monty, I was literally about to say he would have been a perfect addition to that cast of the rich kids yes. of Beverly Hills. It's, it is refreshing to see somebody just admit that they know why they're getting these opportunities, like that we don't we have to sit through it. Amelia Gray and Delilah Bell being like, here's our fashion line that we work so hard on. And it's now like, I have a $5,000 a month apartment with a doorman. And now I'm dating Scott Disick. Yes, because my mom loves to explain. <laughs> Just saying, like, I, I, I still, I mean, I've mentioned this a million times, mm-hmm. I know, but I just can't understand how you would talk about your daughter's mental health and how you're so worried and concerned for her for so many years to the point of violating actual HIPAA laws in a lot of ways by asking her therapist about her and talking about her with her therapist without her permission that we know of, but also in general, they're not supposed to do that, especially Mm -hmm. when she's over 18, but then put her on TV and literally hang her out to dry as a spoiled entitled brat and call her a monster. Like, look at the monster I've created. That's not funny. If you literally just said that she has body image issues, 
and it stems from the internet. Like, what do you think people are going to do? What do you Ugh. think people are going to do? I know Millions nobody's gonna people? watch that. Nobody's gonna watch that scene and be like, "What a delightful person!" I'm gonna go slide into her DMs uh, and give her a compliment. Especially when it's contrasted and willingly contrasted with Kyle's daughter, who is of the same age, who is there working, right. like she has a job and is doing the hard work. And now it lends that to us to believe. So Kyle's daughters can get jobs and like work hard and all these things. But Amelia takes pictures and she's entitled like this. Modeling is a hard job, but we did not need to see this. I just, we don't get it from Gigi. Just saying, (laughs) I mean, Yolanda's not here anymore on the show, but it just, it felt so icky. And I hate when they do that. I really do. And then, and that's the whole vibe. It's like, maybe Brooks thinks that this attitude is new to him. Like it's, it's, it's groundbreaking, but it's not, and maybe Meredith was like, Oh, you're going to just, you're going to pan so well. You're going to do so well on the show because of who you are. I just think they're going to love you, but that's just not how it is. Unless you're Stuart. I think that I want more Stuart than Jen. I need more Stuart. Yeah. I think Brooks thought he was going to play a role, but he's not established enough to play the role that he, like, I think that he has the potential. If he's going to continue to be a recurring character, we're going to see him grow. And as he matures and becomes more established and maybe works a little harder, then he can pull off the droll, funny, snarky, like Greek chorus. But I don't want him speaking for me as the Greek chorus. I don't want to associate myself with him and his opinions right now when I see the lack of level that he's putting into his own fashion show. You know what I mean? I think, I think if he grows a little bit, he can be that amazing breakout star and not a breakout star the way he wants to be, but the breakout star of like, I want a quick cut to him and like an eye roll and then quit and then back to the ladies. Like I didn't sign up for the Brooks Marks show. I'm watching the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Right. Why would I buy your Adidas knockoff sneakers with your name on them? I do not know you, sir. I need to know you first or give it a title. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. give it a name or something and then make it by you or something like that. And maybe we'll wear it, but I I, I simply, I don't know. But I mean, for you to ask the hair and makeup team, who do you find out from that you need to get hair and makeup done for your show? I am very confused. I'm confuzzled and I don't know. That actually, I felt for him in that moment because I've been that person that's just like in way over your head. And you're like, I don't even know the, like, like for him to go and basically be like, Hey, Hey mom, like that's so I, I did feel for him in that moment. Cause I'm like, you are in the deep end and you are not, you need some floaties. Yeah. (laughs) Um, last question for Salt Lake City before I just, you know, wrap us up and say that we just need more and I would like to binge it all again in one sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, do we think Heather got laid? That was a very awkward scene. Didn't it kind of seem staged? Yeah, it was definitely very staged. I mean, shout out to Jen because she's one of those good friends who does yes. invite people for the friends. If right. you're planning a wedding and you have the luxury of doing that or a party and you have the luxury of inviting extra people, please look out for your single friends, especially post COVID. Cause we, yes. they, they need the help. Like yeah. they need to know, like it doesn't all have to be the apps. They can easily do like a nice little meet cute, but look out for your friends. Look I at you that. changing it from we to they. Cause now you're, you can say you have a girlfriend. <laughs> I just, I caught that. You're I like, don't have to hide anymore. <laughs> Not that I was hiding, but I was like, always trying to no. like make it very vague, you right. know? No. Um, but 
Yes, they do need the help. And I want everyone to have love because love is great. So have friends, meet friends and put them at a friend's table. A I friend of was, friends. I was so surprised that she left with him because my impression from that scene was like, I almost expected the clown bongo music to start playing and then, you know, her <laughs> drinking a, a vodka soda alone at the end of the night. Cause it was not to me and maybe it was just cut wrong. It, it was, I was cringing and maybe I just don't like watching people flirt in general because I mean, yeah. I am like the world's most awkward flirter, but it so was, was she. So is she. It was, I was like, okay. I mean, maybe this, I just, I'm really rooting for her. It really broke my heart to hear her be like, people just don't like me because I, I've said this from the beginning. Like, I don't think she knows her worth yet. And I don't think she understands, like she has something to give and even her self-deprecation about like her cankles and this and that, like, yes, it's relatable, but I also just want to like sit her down and be like, you are worthy. You deserve love. Like, stop this. I agree. I think that she's great. That scene was not great, but she mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Like for for the for the task, not as a housewife. I'm not talking about that. But I think that it makes me sad that she thinks people wouldn't like her because I could actually see her finding someone pretty easily almost anywhere else. A girl right. moved to Texas. I don't know why, but I just feel like if she went to like Dallas or Austin, it, it, they might be into it. Like they. Mm-hmm could be it's a little I, I get a, a different vibe if she just leaves it seems like the problem is the place not her and mm-hmm. I wish she would you know address that within herself real quick what is the Mormon laws oh my god this is why I'm actually very glad we came to Salt Lake City they dropped these bombs of these like these nuances of Mormon life in this city and in this state mm-hmm. that I never ever considered ever thought about more than TLC would ever give me the opportunity to dig deep in, right? She, Heather lets us know as she's meeting up for drinks from with Whitney that because it's against the church, they limit how much literally the entire population of the state yes. can have because there's so much, the Mormon community, the Mormon church is such a big market for them, for the entire state. It's a huge part of their economy. So in which case, they have a lot of say in a lot of the laws and 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 the different legislations and stuff because they run the economy. We know right. how that works. And so they single pores only can't get a double. That makes me sad. Can't have more than one glass so sad. on the table at a time. Ooh, couldn't party there. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's so crazy. It does explain again to Keela Katie a little bit more that if you're not allowed it, then you're going to be, you know, it also explains the house parties. It it explains the like drinking in the, the party buses. Like I just, that is so disturbing to me. I, I would be so sad. I, there is nothing worse than going to a restaurant and getting a watered down like vodka soda. And you're just like, okay, well, this is thanks for this $12 drink that is going to do literally nothing. I, yeah, that was wild to hear. And yeah, this is like, I feel like Salt Lake City's MO that they do drop these bombs and then just keep it moving. And I'm like, I have follow-up questions. Can we circle back, please? Yeah, I, I do too. And I can't wait until Andy gets in tech because you know he's going to talk about Mormon lifestyle. I hope he asked Whitney about hiding the wives and the wives seller with the with the cord <laughs> stones and stuff. And I hope he asked about, so they're not allowing y'all to drink, which is crazy because 
now that I think about it, a lot of their fights and stuff have not been alcohol motivated. And that's pretty impressive. I that have actually excites me. Yeah. I used to get very nervous. Like, oh, what? Half of them are going to drink. The other half aren't. We like to see them have fun. We are. I mean, with the exception of Jen, who was literally going out of her way to make us go, oh, she's fun, right? Like roller skating in a mm. office of someone's ownership. Not Maybe not hers. But somebody owns it. And with a tiara on her head and then hula hooping and then it falling. Reminds me like, of, um, it reminds me of How I Met Your Mother. Um, I used to love that show back in the day, but they had this thing called a woo girl of the girls at the bar going, woo, and they would subtitle mm-hmm. what the woo mean. And it was like, woo, I'm deeply unhappy. Woo, I'm going to break up with my boyfriend. Like she is a <laughs> woo girl to me. And I'm like, and what does that subtitle say, ma'am? Yeah, mm-hmm. I would love to know what else is under that. So um, but as, again, I love this entire cast. I actually think they should keep it as is for mm-hmm. now. Um, maybe with the exception of Meredith. That's the only one who I still see as a as a rotating door. I, I feel like we could deal without. Mainly because the whole Seth thing. It's dark, but not in a dark way that I'm interested in. Like, I, Mar- like Mary is so dark. And I'm so invested and so interested that I would rather be over there. I feel like Meredith has a lot of people that like her though. Like my sister-in-law really likes the pretentious stable energy in a housewife okay. and she's loving her. So I, I wonder, see that. I, I feel like they, it's a great ensemble and they all have a part to play. I'm right. very interested to see, I want them all to return. I'm interested to see who doesn't, if anybody does. And I wonder if it's going to be Mary or if she's just going to double down with the, the skeletons in her closet, like come oh, at me. Please don't go Mary. It's it's so good beyond your the like and that's the thing is that the 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 family aspect and the church aspect are the the cons the and that's what they probably thought was going to be the alert Mary is kooky as hell and it's good (laughs) her doing that weird little like arm dance in the corner by herself made that my meme for when why I when I after I came out I was like, when you get that thing off your chest and now you can finally be free, you're like, let's get it started. Uh, uh, let's start it. Uh, uh, let's start it. I was like, <laughs> I love this woman. Even Charlotte, Char- is it Charlanda? Charlinda. Charlinda, yeah. Charlinda was like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> and I think that, you know, I will, Mary said she's not close with Charlinda because she doesn't know what she does in her spare time. I'd venture to say she doesn't have a lot of spare time. She's been with you for 20 years. She's too um, busy bringing her trays with saran wrap on it and wearing a hairnet. Hospital adjacent trays. Right. Yet she is scared of hospitals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, but I'd love to follow Charlinda home and see what she's doing. I'm, I'm into Charlinda. So um yeah no real segue we're going to pivot right on over into atlanta because we're saving potomac for last okay i I can't even wait i'm getting chills thinking about potomac oh my god it's it was i just i don't know what we did to deserve it other than survive 2020 (laughs) so in that case everything y'all we did everything to deserve it um but atlanta's is is it's starting cute Mm-hmm. People have asked why I think the ratings aren't great. I think that the rating structure is very old school. We're all streaming the girls now, so it doesn't yeah. really matter um, who watches live. But in the vein of it's dropped so low, I get 
this is a hot take. Not that we need Nini, though I personally need Nini, but I think we needed a Nini energy and mm-hmm. not like we needed someone who stirs the pot because we can have that in any of these women at any point in time. And I think we are going to get there. It's still very early, but I think they all got lazy. Nini was so problematic for so many years it was so easy to target her for so many reasons that without that they literally have to restructure but they didn't take the time to do that so there's a lot of overproduction it and a lot of scenes and you'll tell me if you feel if you felt this at all I felt like I could see it that we we clip we kicked we kicked up the scene right after the production set and action like and go talk about this like Cynthia's husband and Ralph, Drew's husband, right. that was standing. So, 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 how's married life going? You know, I, I'm going to get married soon. So, what do you, what do you think about it? What? No. Okay. And then, um, Cynthia and Kenya. Okay. Well, I'm going to go inside. Oh yeah, me too. I'm going to go get something. And they're eating the whole time. And they go. So, what do you think of the group? Like, okay. How? What do you think of Latoya? I like her. And you know what? I think this. And she said something and it made me think about my own situation with Mark and that right. with him, I don't want to do that. And that is the correct connection to that scene that you just asked me about. It's like, okay, we're doing Yeah, it. I think that there was so much, there was such a shakeup. There's such like a power vacuum happening with the departure of Nini. And then you throw the COVID of it all into it. And I think that mm-hmm. I still have faith. I think they're going to find their way. I've enjoyed the episodes fine. It's not Atlanta, it's Atlanta for me, yes, yes. Um, but I still, I'm not like writing it off. I think that it's, it's, we're, we're once again, making them be the guinea pigs for the first franchise that's beginning the season in COVID. Um, yes. And at a, in a, in a, in an environment that we're more familiar with. Yes. So they're not breaking it. Like they're not like, <gasps> and we have to relive the start of it and watch right. them and their rich perspectives. But no, they're like now in the compliance mode of like, mm-hmm. they've been getting tested. They're wearing masks and wearing facials. They're staying apart from each other. They're only filming with each other. They're not in parties and stuff yet. And mm-hmm. so it's a little bit more familiar with where we are, like what, what we know. Yeah, I would agree with it being feeling overproduced. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that they're, and I hate this phrase, but like finding the new normal of filming. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that they're still, I think that as they figure out the formula for filming in COVID, it will become more natural. And obviously as, I mean, we saw Kenya plays her role well, like she is planting some seeds for discourse of like natural drama to occur within the group. It's very interesting. It's very West Side Story of like, Kenya bringing in a new girl and Cynthia bringing in a new girl and it's kind of like like the teams are coming in you know so I'm interested to see how that plays out but I think I agree with you it's just that the dynamics are so different without Nini which I think will ultimately be a good thing um but I'm interested I'm interested to see like how it all shakes out and that there needs to be kind of a new alpha rising and I think right now they're all kind of like looking at each other of like, are you, are you going to do it? Am I going to do it? Like who, who's going to be that person? It's, it's me, right? Oh, you thought it was you? Oh, am I going to go? Well, I it's thought like, it, I, yeah. yeah, it's like, we're both reaching for that piece of like, that, that last piece of toast. Like, oh, I, or last piece of bread on the table at the restaurant. Like, oh, did, did you want it? And they're like, oh, I, I thought it was mine. Oh, well, I thought it was mine, so. <laughs> and wanna... nobody's going to be like, we could split it. But to say, it's like, do you want to 
split it. And I, was, I mean, yeah, I guess. I just thought it was mine. So so we're not. I mean, I thought you it. had two and I've only had one. So like, oh, yeah. I thought but, it was, and then, but, um, but you said you would have more of the salad, remember? Oh, but like, <laughs> but that salad, this is bread. So it, that's what it feels like. Yes. Even happening with Cynthia and Kenya, something that just stayed in my mind and I don't know why. And it made me feel like I've never felt Cynthia's I won't say age, but I've never felt her disconnection from the youth and her influence of the youth than when she was sitting down with Drew. And it made me really realize that Cynthia and Nini, they were a different era of cast, especially Mm -hmm. of this show. When Cynthia did come on, she was fresh, young, hot thing. Like, remember that spiky hair and that tiny bod and tall majestic she was that girl Mm -hmm. and she's still probably one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life Um, oh yeah stunning but she sits down with Drew who is younger and also hot and has very you know similar body and has a great life and stuff and Cynthia's like yeah this is my girl this is my friend from LA you did not go all the way to LA and meet this girl and you did not meet her especially in just Atlanta or something like that and it just felt like no Drew moved for the show and that's fine we're okay with that we accept it bravo it's fine like we want that we want you to pull the girls from all parts of the world and bring them to our screens that's fine with us don't make it a thing. It doesn't have to be yeah. weird, okay? I love the Bravo trope of the tangential reasons why people join the show, like which friend brings them in, and then also the reasons for the t- the cast trip. I say this all the time, but Megan King Edmonds taking the girls to Ireland so that she can berate people on the street and ask if they're her cousin. Like, I just love that that we can't just pull back the layer and be like, we're going to Ireland because we're on a TV show. Oh, I'm filming with Drew because we're on a TV show we go to France to look at perfume samples for a perfume <laughs> that is only licensed in by my name, but not actually. Let's mine. not forget that they went Allegedly. to Italy. They went to Italy because, because Dorit was working for Buca de Beppo and she wanted to sample girl. the local cuisine. Girl, girl, oh, girl. Oh, okay. That, that, that really takes it. Like there's so many, but that takes it. Like glorified Olive Garden, but you want to go to Italy. <laughs> every Italian I know and I actually know a few because a lot of the friends I have are Jersey Italians too mm-hmm. and they're like girl we make sauce on Sundays what are you saying Olive Garden is a slap in the face <laughs> the face and I'm like well have you heard of Buca de Beppo and they're like don't ever speak those words to me again and don't mention it in front of my Nona and I'm like okay I will not and I'm low-key I'm, I, I want to um, maybe not to upset Nona, but just to upset my friends. No, um, you can tell Nona, you know, this sauce, wow, it is so much better than Buca de Beppo. That is very funny. Um, yes. So I hate when they do that, but Cynthia sits down with Drew and Drew is, and she's like, have you met the ladies? Yeah, they're all, you know, they're doing their thing. They're girl bosses, you know, they're bosses. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> who got Cynthia the one boss necklace and she hasn't let it go like <laughs> Cynthia's sliding into people's dms being like hey girl you're a boss babe I got a really exciting business opportunity for you <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah Drew so a few things here we're going to discuss Drew and Ralph because we just we have to but we're also going to discuss Latoya because we have to she has made it so we have to um, because that's pretty much all we got this entire episode yeah. was all Drew and a lot of Latoya coming in like wrecking ball because she is like how dare they make me a friend of I will 
I will be the the official peach holder next year. I do like her a little bit better than Yovana though, even though they're do, they're they're coming at the approach the same way. They're literally doing this the exact same way. But I like her a little bit better than than Yovana. What are your thoughts on Latoya as a whole? Okay, hot take. So you know I love me a chaotic housewife. Okay. I love her. I think she's doing too much. I think she does give me a little bit of Jen Shaw vibes of like, she has studied this. She has Mm -hmm. taken notes. She has come with her checklist and she's going to perform. But I kind of liked the dueling. It was almost like the dueling casting tapes that both Drew and LaToya, I wonder if at this point in the season, they were still auditioning to be a peach holder like they were still trying to prove it but I found it to be pretty authentic and organic I do think it was a bit much but I think it seems true to who she seems to be as a person I think so and she honestly you can't deny like she made the show the interesting parts of the show involved her uh yeah and she's from Canada I wish I I like Tanya and I'm very I'm excited to see the allegation of her and Portia getting their peaches cobbled by a long dong stripper. <laughs> um, but I wish we would have had her, had Latoya when we went last year to Carnival. She's Trinidadian. She's from Canada. And her energy is more like the person I'd want to party with. So right. um, I kind of dig her in that regard. I think she knew how to do the polite shade and it made Cynthia upset because I think Cynthia is, you, they're, you, she's used to, being the reader and not being read but I'm like right. we're friends with Nini for like 10 years you've got you can't be this new to this she right. shaded her meatballs she said oh I love cold meatballs and I was unhinged <laughs> is this plant fake I was like this girl is she's good I'm sorry she loves cold meatballs River Who Bailey that to the girl River over Lake it's been called Lake Bailey for years I know you've seen this show I, mm, that was a bold choice to she come for Cynthia the water, too. The water's moving. I think that's a river. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, is, is separation, are you able to date other people? Because she seems to think so. And this is a great time with Drew because her and Drew, and I think Drew is so much more laid back than I, maybe it's because everybody else around her is so chaotic, but Drew, even with her husband, she is a very laid back individual. And I kind of dig it. Like she's very goal oriented so she has her her mind on one specific argument mm-hmm. she's not all over the place she's able to just say it and I, I kind of like that about her but she let this girl speak about separations and she was like wait so what do you you define what a separation is to me instead of telling her what she should think she right. was like what do you think it is and Latoya tells us it means that you can date other people and you could do what you want. And she was like, but I'm still going to go back to my husband, which is contradicting because she told Kenya and Cynthia and seen in like the first scene that she's going to get a divorce. She was like, I'm probably going to get a divorce. And then she said, I'm probably going to go back to my husband. I'm just seeing what's out there. And Drew countered, it's a separation is I'm taking, we're taking time and space apart from each other to think about if we want to come back to this marriage or not. And what that will look like. But if you want to date other people, you should get a divorce. What do you think? Who's more right? I don't know. I think it's so personal from person to person. I definitely hope that they've had the conversation between their partners, that they're both Mm. on the same page. Because I think that's where waters get murky if one person thinks they could be out. and Seth. Mm -hmm. Mm. A Ross and Rachel type of situation of we were on a break. But 
but I don't know. It was funny. So I just broke down this episode on my Patreon with Kai from the Real Housewives Orders. And both of us were very similar, um, but we were both talking about like, well, maybe I would want it. You know, if you're trying to experience life without them, then part of that might be experiencing other people to know if that's what you want. And then both of us at the same time realized that that would mean that our partners were also out there experiencing other people. And we were like, oh, hell no, never mind, never mind. Exactly. Nope, nope, nope. Unless you're Meredith gets- and Seth. And with oh. Seth, is like, I'm not dating anyone else. I hope you are. And Meredith is just like, hmm, hmm, hmm. Yeah, I just think it, I think it must be personal to each person, but I didn't, what, where, Latoya lost me was that that like timeline of and then in a year we're going to get back together I'm like okay so are you having an open relationship for a year are you it just like that that time stamp on it I'm like okay so if you know that the end result is that like is this a is this a gap year between high school and university like are you just like taking a This was like a similar thing, but they weren't separated but Shamari had an open relationship where she could date a woman for a year, mainly because she needed to get that I guess she felt she needed to get that out of her system I'd venture to say good luck with that I don't know how out of your system you can make something that is a part of you um as Bronwyn it seems like it's not possible but um I mean it seems like they're working out but she came she went back to her husband so she because he didn't want to share her anymore which understandable that's not what he signed up for and he did it you know for her I, it's just when you put your marriages on the the display stage this way you're welcoming a lot of judgment and conversation but the whole idea yes. of separation I more aligned with Drew's idea unless I don't think that unless you want to get a divorce and just if you want to date other people but if you aren't talking to the person I need to know whether or not this woman's husband is also dating other people and this is allowed and this is something yes. they talked about consensual right. Well, he knows now if they, if they hadn't talked about it. And I think you're exactly right. Like, I think separations are so complicated to begin with. I couldn't personally imagine going through that with my husband, going through this really challenging, confusing, like, where are we? What is up? What is down situation? And then being like, let's actually figure it out on national television where anybody has access to my DMs and can weigh in. No, thank you. I will actually not be doing that. Um, (laughs) At least on national television, because, you know. Social media is pretty, pretty open. Um, but now we have to address Drew and Ralph and their sixth anniversary and the elaborate scheme of, it seems like he's like, well, I want to do this for the camera. Yes. That is what this whole thing seemed to me. And I think she genuinely did enjoy it. People have been like, do we think this was staged or not? I don't think the conversation was staged. I think he's staged. I don't trust him Um, because he's the one who even brought up this fight so that he could have the fight. She was literally mid salmon bite and was like, oh, you want to talk about this right now? Like, in in which to say, you want to do this on camera? I don't know if you want to do this on camera. And he's like, yeah, let's talk about it. She goes, in the middle of dinner, like on right now, like it just, the timing was very convenient for him. And he kind of wanted to get his situation, I think, out there probably before the tabloids picked it up and all these things. I don't know. We see them on Instagram and stuff. Now they're doing TikTok challenges and all that. That means nothing to me. And if social media has taught us anything, the happier you look on the internet, probably the least, the least happy you are. That's just always, this is my, always my theory. The moment I see a more than five sentence caption proclaiming your love for your partner, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh they're fighting. Like the moment I see, like, my, I couldn't imagine doing life without you. You are my everything. You are my queen. I'm like, uh-oh, 
something's happening there. Keep your eyes on that. And in your professional opinion, because y'all Ono Bravo is not just a Bravo professional, but she's a mental health professional. She likes to get the girls together in her real life, which is why we protect her identity so that we can keep getting the girls together and keeping them (laughs) healthy mentally. In your professional opinion, is this man gaslighting this woman? Because I say yes, but I'm not a professional. Okay. So again, disclaimer, don't come for my license. This is just me shooting the shit on a podcast, not actual. Exactly. I am not, not a, I'm not a client. <laughs> we are Either just talking Drew like girlfriends out. talk. Um, <laughs> yes. I find something incredibly dark about this man's presence. I find it to be like the narcissism of him thinking he can bring up this conversation on camera and not look like the bad guy, I think really speaks to like, I wonder what's going on. If this is what's happening in their very first episode, they can't keep the lid on this. What is happening behind closed doors? Right. right. The camera, the watching of her sleeping and taking pictures. She didn't know. If there is something. And he keeps lying about it. He's like, so so you didn't watch me. Yes. I saw it on the phone. You got rid of it. Oh my God, I was about to cry from pure frustration. Like I wasn't sad for her. I was genuinely scared and annoyed. Like I was Mm -hmm. so frustrated because I, I've been in that situation and I've seen my mother like be in a situation like that where you know the truth. And it's like, they're like, nah, it is all in your head. You delusional little bitch. And it's like, no, like invisible man type of shit. Yeah. I, Yeah, he, there's something there and just watching even her reaction to that situation is like, this is not the first time she has experienced this. Like she knows the game of being like, I saw it on your phone. No, no, I literally saw it. Like I saw it with my own eyes. And my question is like, what is the motive for taking screenshots of her sleeping? Like, is he collecting evidence for a custody thing? Is he going to like, what is the purpose of taking screenshots of a secret camera that you're monitoring your family? Like there is just such a, I'm worried about that situation. I hope she comes on here and is and is doing the housewives trope of I'm coming on, I'm going to get a divorce, I'm going to do my own thing because I don't care for this man. I think she might be because she said in her confessionals, I have my eyes wide open now. And uh-huh. that made me feel positively because that's more than we've ever gotten from Ashley who was doubling uh-huh. down so much. And we'll get to that in a second. But he is watching her on the cameras. He uh, left for three days, didn't tell her. She brought his dinner down to his office thinking he'd be there and he wasn't. And I can't imagine the panic that that woman went through. Um, And for three days, barely responsive. In a pandemic. Yes. And he did that thing that like Bethany used to do, though I love Bethany. She used to like argue like the one semantic that she had. And she was like, I couldn't reach you except for, and she said except for a couple of texts but 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 did I not text back but I texted mm-hmm. back you want to see I have the receipts I texted you back and it's like but did you answer my calls did you turn on your location did you tell me where you were did you tell me that you were leaving did you do anything else that literally means communication what was that man doing in Tampa oh yeah he was, he was seeing um I just heard it on two judgy girls Tampa Tammy <laughs> that is his mistress name in Tampa I currently live in Georgia I am not right now y'all I fled because the plague is running rampant through Georgia and it's not for me but um and I wanted to be with my mom for the holidays so I've been literally quarantined for 20 days and I'm taking three COVID tests and I am going to be with my mom because she has not hugged or seen an individual for months so I just want to be with her for holiday for the holidays um and it's it's my first holiday with my girlfriend so uh, that we get to spend together and with my mom so that is what we are doing and I can't be in Georgia, but you have a lot of beaches in Georgia. 
So there's a lot of places to go because that's the first thing we all thought to do when the pandemic originally hit was, okay, we'll just go to the beach, we'll distance, all these things. There are so many beaches, especially from Georgia to Florida, to Tampa. To Tampa. I just like to, okay, take the pandemic out of it. That's still a really shady situation. But then to add a global pandemic and then for him to cross state lines to Florida, which when this part was filmed was the epicenter of the virus. I'm sorry, if he had come home, I'd been like, I hope you enjoyed your stay. I'll see you in 14 days. Please go quarantine. Girl, I would have changed the locks. Like, what the fuck? I don't know what to tell you. I would, the locks would be changed. Mm-hmm. Changed. Like, it would have been changed probably when I saw the, the cameras. Like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, are you crazy? And then, I and I know she probably went nuts trying to find him in her house. Like, it just... It felt like it was very um, dangerous in some way. I don't know specifically what way yet, but it felt dangerous for him to just leave her kids, his kids, their kids, and just go for three days and to say things like, how does that help you? And she's like, but just where did you go? How does that help you? What was that do? I know I'm not going to take this. What does that do for you? And it's like, it's like I'll tell you what it does for it me. It actually, the information that I'm it, asking you for. It gets me the information. And also I can know whether or not I need to go to CVS and get a COVID test. Bitch. Yeah. Also that, <laughs> but in general, I don't need to give you an explanation because you owed me one. So now I'm going to get Because you're it. my husband and you literally left you me with left our children for three days. Okay. So, it, and then I just need a disclaimer here. And I know y'all, nobody who listens to this podcast is that dense or daft or naive to think that this was accurate. We all are probably in agreement that Ralph is shady as hell. It has nothing to do with him being a black man. That pissed me off. My eyes rolled so hard. I thought they would get stuck. When he was like, I just think you don't understand the black man. And I was like, I don't think you understand yourself, sir. Because even when he said it to Mike, he was like, no, I left. He's like, oh, yeah, to go like clear your head a little bit. He goes, no, like I've left for like days. And Mike looks to the side like, oh, like shit. Like (laughs) his face is shocked, but he was like, I'm trying to not judge this man. But oh, Mike has has Brittany Cartwright eyebrows where like as Danny Pellegrino says, they like raise to the high heavens. I, him, his eyebrows were fully like on the back of his neck by the time yes. that conversation was over of like, you do, I'm sorry, you do what? You mm, leave? Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he just looked to like where the, probably the cameras were like, oh yeah. shit, like, <laughs> what is he talking about? Y'all did not prepare me for this. And I fell for him because as much as, it's so crazy because I thought Mike last year like couldn't be trusted. And now I'm like, oh, Mike might be the best one on the show. <laughs> Why is the bar notoriously in hot hail on Atlanta? Like it's it is so, so low. And so it's on, if anything, Ralph is on the right cast. It's beautiful women, trash men. I don't understand this at all. It feels yeah. so bizarre to me. But yeah, him, him saying that he left for three days because he's a black man, it kind of reminded me of that um, therapy scene with Gollum, Darby, and Ashley, where Gollum was like, well, I cheat on you because my dad was mean to me. And it's like, sir... And you I grab have, butts because I'm Australian. I promise right, it's, it's not just it. a, It's a greeting between two men to, when they're happy to see each other. I would love, I can't wait for the reunion where a lot of other black men, I, especially Todd. Todd's going to look for any reason to vindicate himself for not being a trash ass husband. Um, and he'll be like, yeah, I'm a black man. I, I know if I leave my wife, it might be over. I might not have a home for three days you try to leave candy yeah and and you know what exactly that's the reason people love candy Ken would not put up with that shit and i'm not Mm -hmm. saying that drew 
is or isn't I think she is playing smart because she's getting the answers and she's so calm about this because she's processed this so many times yeah. she knows exactly what she wants to do and what made me sad was she was like I told myself last year when we fought like this on our anniversary that I didn't want to repeat this right and when she walked away and went to her mom and started crying I was like this is so not good this no. is this is sad and I know people are like well I don't like when the housewives uh storyline is all about their relationship or their marriage I always venture to say what else could it be about that's the whole point of them being housewives it's marriage kids yeah business venture quote unquote that they develop after we care right and and as long as they're as long as they're honest about it I would rather see what's actually going on in their life and obviously troubles with your marriage would be all-encompassing I'd rather see that than any like fake storyline about you know starting a makeup line or something right yeah, I mean, more power to Drew. I think I really like her. Um, her husband is wild and weird, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Something there is not good. Um, speaking of, der- of gremlins and golems, we're over <laughs> in Potomac now. No segue at all because it's just so much excitement and happening that we're just going to head on over to Potomac because the bar is in hell there also. Mm-hmm. So sure is. With the men, but these these women oh my god they have really delivered and i'm just so grateful also i'm predicting now something goes down between latoya and kenya i can't i can't decipher if it's because i've actually seen it in a trailer or if it's like my spidey senses are tingling and when she was grabbing on her braids i was like Uh oh this is gonna go somewhere and kenya's just happy to be out of her marriage which sure more power to you but then Mm -hmm. i venture to saying why would you judge Portia and Tanya for getting their peaches cobbled by a long dong stripper if you're having your fun freaky time too go ahead that's the whole point of housewives have fun do things get lit you make decisions you may regret at the reunion and we'll ask you about them and if and if you regret them but and I don't know we'll see what happens but that's my that's my prediction I wrote so little for the Potomac reunion because I was so invested I tried I was like let me get my notes and I was like wait what she say Oh my, wait, wait, hold on. What do we, So I hair re- kept changing. You oh, saw it, right? I did. So it was funny. So I went on Donnie from Know That Pods. I went on his Instagram live to break down one of the most bonkers Hallmark movies I've ever seen. A man, a woman literally falls in love with a ghost. Um, if you guys want to check that out, it's on his page, Real Donnie. Oh. But it was a good time. The audio is on my Patreon. But we talked about the Hallmark movie, Christmas movie trope where the woman the busy businesswoman at the start of the film has very straight hair because she's a busy businesswoman who doesn't have time. And then as the <laughs> holiday Christmas spirit seeps into her heart, she gets like a little curl. First, it's like loose tendrils. Yep. And by the end, it's full like Shirley Temple. Feathered and, and big, I think that's I think barrels. that's what happened with Ashley. I think that just midway through this Potomac um, reunion, you know, the she realized that Christmas is what's important and the holiday spirits seeped into her heart and her hair just magically curled. I agree. I think that I think the humidity for wherever they were played a part. I can't really tell or decipher where they're from, like where they were, but it feels like they were somewhere really hot and all of their hair fell and they needed touch-ups because they were there 12 hours and in the midst of the 12 hours hair fell and it went bad and because Giselle started with a little curl and then it looked flat like the curls looked like flat curls that's what it looked like was happening they were held with um 
hairspray and it was trying really hard to do that whole thing of like stay to the right volume and not frizz but they just couldn't help but fall and yeah. then Ashley's was straight and then they gave it a curl so it wouldn't get frizzy and like the body mm. if it raised I was like oh so it's got to be something with the heat and everything else and I understand but it just was so distracting so I was like wait was that there the whole time it was and so distracting. I didn't like it was very strange the hair was um not awesome Robin's crimp iron leopard print things how do they get it on there is what really fascinates me like I know it's a thing but it just is very strange I don't get it like how it was so well incorporated it just I don't know but um the cut was cute and the color was cute um on her and I like that I like the gold on yellow that would that made me feel pretty Robin for me was actually one of the best dressed which is I guess tells us where we are with the other woman that if she was one of the best dressed. It shocked me that they all actually even looked this great because normally <laughs> reunions, I'm like, oh, I might be one. But this time it was a few. I didn't, the only ones I didn't like, I think were Wendy's dress mm-hmm. and Ashley's dress because she did that thing with the big cape in the back again. And I don't understand it. And it's like what they tell why uh, brides who are a little bit thicker and curvier, the more clothes you put on, the bigger you look. And it was like, she was doing it like to accentuate the pregnancy or something, but I'm like the whole, the excess layers just felt like we were accentuating so many things at one time. I didn't know where to look. And I would have loved to her in a regular like body con or something that's form fitting because even at pregnant, she's absolutely gorgeous. And pregnancy is not a thing to hide. It's beautiful. Hello babies. Yeah. I've been pregnant twice and I actually really love dressing my bump. It was like a little fun accessory for me to access, you know, cause it's just like making a human say something big. Yeah. Like I, I loved, I actually loved pregnancy um, fashion. If anybody is out there and pregnant and struggling with maternity clothes, ASOS, ASS, ASOS.com. They have a whole maternity section that's very affordable and it's not like hideous maternity stuff. Just quick plug. ASOS, sponsor me. But <laughs> I but I realized like Ashley did that thing that I did at the start of my first pregnancy where you think you can make your current straight clothes work mm. and it just doesn't work because you need maternity clothes that are going to hug your bump in a flattering way. Her look was so right. tragic to me because she is such a beautiful woman and she's such a beautiful pregnant woman and she right. did it so right last reunion when she was pregnant that I saw this and I was like, why did you do this, Ashley? Right. It's 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 very interesting. Um, getting into, you know, of course, the nitty and the gritty. Mm-hmm. Here we are. There are binders. There are receipts. There is shade. There is accusations. There are plenty tabs. of tabs and delusions <laughs> from none other than Miss um, Ashley Darby. I saw a sneak peek of two, like reunion part two already. And I just wanted to keep watching it. This is probably the best reunion that I think we'll have in history. Oh and God. I say that because normally, we walk away from a three-parter going, oh, all the great stuff was in the middle. The first part was okay. And we know that we're not supposed to expect much because we're going to get to it in the second part. And then we get to the third part where it's pretty much the big closeout. And we go, we could have dealt without a lot of this. So that's not what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Out the gate, part one, amazing. Next level. We halfway through toward we have like 15, 20 minutes left until Mo- when Monique brings out that binder. And I'm like, we're getting yeah. into this now. Oh, we have things. We address 
colorism. We talk about the word aggressive. We talk about um, Giselle's husband, boyfriend, not husband. We talk about uh, her fashions. We talk about Karen's knockoff Fendi possibly. Do we think that there's a Taylor situation involved? Does she need to just fire her Taylor or do we think it was knockoff? It was a knockoff. It had to be. Like, why would you go through the effort of buying Fendi and then tailor it so that it doesn't even say Fendi? Maybe because she wanted it to stay on her shoulders and like kept it to where like, it was right at the seam of one Fendi, but not all of them. You know what I mean? Like, so, and I don't think she went to like a, like a John, like a Dorinda's John was like a high class yeah. um, um, cleaners who knows how to handle these things. I think she went to like zips, which is very popular of a cleaners, especially in Paris. <laughs> oh my God. It's like That's one ninety nine. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. That's so funny. I literally, yep. I just was there. Exactly. See, that's our, that's our cleaner, especially at Maryland. Mm-hmm. I miss Zips. So um, shout out to Zips. If you don't have one, they're great. It's like, it all starts at like one ninety nine. It's pretty fantastic. Sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> Mixing with Monty, sponsored by yes. Zips. Yes. Um, so I wonder if that's the case, but it just, we got that all so early and the shade of it all was fantastic. Of course, there's a couple of highlights and I want to get into, because I want people to, people have asked me to address this. There is, this is the second time that we've had a colorism conversation on Mm -hmm. this show, especially since season one with Katie and the whole biracial thing and and how they identify. Identifiers are one thing. I appreciated Robin's perspective as a lighter skinned woman, as I am also, and I've spoken about how I have so many privileges as even just a lighter complexion. Um, Growing up with a a mom who is a darker complexion than me, I have experienced, I've seen her go through a lot of things and I've experienced it adjacently to her um, that made me sad because it didn't make her sad or she was so used to it, things like that. But people have thought I wasn't her child. People have thought like she was my nanny or things like that because they're like, there's just no way. Like, or what, we, they didn't understand the initial connection. Um, and I am not even the fairest of skins. So just the, the contrast there is, there it can be a hierarchy. It, it tends to, um, and it, the hierarchy is in people's minds because it doesn't exist in reality, obviously. There is no such thing as a hierarchy of humans. Humans are human. Either you're a good one or you're troubled. And, but either way, humans are humans. It has nothing to do with the race that you are, the, the complexion that you are. But Robin's perspective, I appreciated. And she was saying, you know, she even recognizes there are certain things and certain connotations that she probably should limit or Mm -hmm. be hesitant to use because of how it's construed. I think weirdly that both Monique's point and Wendy's point can be true at the same times. Wendy absolutely is right that using words like aggressive to say things about like Wendy and Candace can absolutely be a dog whistle for some people. I've always said people are going to do it regardless because they don't really need it. They don't need the permission, but some people do need the permission. Some people absolutely need to be told, oh yeah, okay, so this is the line. So you're saying that the line is here. So when I'm allowed to not be a racist until they start fighting each other, then I can say they're ghetto and things like that. Which is why I then think that Monique's point is also right. I think Monique is naive to think that that there's no colorism involved in this. That's 100% false. But I think her reasoning of thinking that was because she's like, well, these women of similar complexion to me were allowing Candace to call 
me a hoodlum, like a hood rat in ghetto because I, you know, mm-hmm. did this thing and had this reaction that whether it was good or not, it has nothing to do with how she was raised and that or where she was raised and, and her being quote unquote ghetto or not, because that connotation alone needs to completely be reconstructed. Mm-hmm. But that made me be like, okay, so Monique has a point because that is a double standard that Candace has. But my thing was the argument to me should be then about Candace, but Wendy is mm-hmm. right. But Candace is a double, she's acting within a double standard. It was almost like Monique made that point to counter Wendy's point when in actuality, it was kind of co-signing that point of saying like, see, words were used against me. And I wonder, and I, I think that Candace using those words, like, yes, she had just been attacked, but her using those words was purposeful. Candace has a very good vocabulary and it was, she used the words ghetto and hood rat for a reason. And there was a connotation and a, and a deeper mm-hmm. meaning behind using those words. And so I almost, it was interesting to see Monique use that as like a battle against Dr. Wendy when it was like actually kind of further proving her point because Monique is not one of the lighter skinned girls. Right. On She's the a beautiful cast brown either. girl. I mean, the entire cast is absolutely gorgeous. And I'm grateful that they have a little bit more of a spectrum now because mm-hmm. I used to, re- I remember thinking, wow, I love this cast. They're so beautiful, but everybody was pretty light and mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. They casted who they casted, but I wanted them also to show, especially in that area, there mm-hmm. are complex, there are black beauties of all complexions, all mm-hmm. origins, all mix-ups and everything that are wealthy. And it's like we had it with Sharice, wealthy mm-hmm. and amazing and have beautiful homes and are completely ridiculous and very absurdist. And we can appreciate that no matter what they look like. Um, Monique's saying that, well, I don't think it had anything to do with colorism. I think her she was really only doing that because she was like, no, because they had no problem saying it to me. And they are not in a position to her where they could do that because, and that's where I have have a little bit of an issue because it does feel like Candace used those words against Monique to separate her from her, Mm -hmm. to separate Candace from Monique. And it felt like the same thing that happened with Leanne and Carrie because Carrie is a white skin woman. She right. is Mexican, but she is white presenting, which means her body as a woman, people would assume is white. When she mm-hmm. checks off things, so like on the standardized testing, tech, testing, they have race and ethnicity. So it's right. ethnicity is, are you Hispanic or not Hispanic? And sure, you check one of those for whatever invasive ass reason that they want. And then it's white, black, Pacific Islander, other is usually what I grew up with. And she would not check Pacific Islander or black. She would have to check white. I have plenty of friends who are Middle Eastern even. And they're like, well, I check white because they, I am white skin. Like that is what I yeah. look like. And that is what Leanne could not differentiate between the two of them other than her nationality. That's what she thought made her inferior to Leanne. So mm-hmm. she used that against her. Candace is like, again, and this is what I mean. I think she was raised to think Mm-hmm. That she is, if she holds herself a certain way because of the money that they have, the tr- and the it, what makes me sad is that I know a lot of girls, especially from this area, who are like that. It is, yes. it, and they think this way about themselves. And this it's area, actually, that, a great representation of Potomac, yes, like, and of Maryland, of, and especially of PG County, like where yes. Candace is from and, and yes. lives. 
that the buoy area and everything mm-hmm. is a lot of money over there. There's so it's very much money. elitist and it's very classist. And I think it's yes. very representative yes. of Maryland and just like the Pacific Northeast, I think mm-hmm. in general of like the elitism of the, we're holding ourselves to a certain standard. Right. Right. And I think that classism really is such a thing because in Maryland, specifically PG County and Montgomery County, the divide between the have and the have not is so great. Oh, and they huge. are, and people are huge. living literally like streets away from each other, these mansions with these apartment buildings. Like, yes. you know, and so I think that there's such this like, well, we go to the same school or we're from from the same place but i am not that i am from here county has some ordinance um and and montgomery county is where potomac itself is so Mm -hmm. all the a majority of the women do live in montgomery county even if not in potomac um with i think just the exception of robin wendy and candace Mm -hmm. um they and and ashley she lives in virginia but and and that's another story because she has to overcompensate a lot for for over there because it's an entirely different world as well but they have an ordinance or something in Montgomery County that like every city has to have a section eight and has to be that kind of inclusive. So they have access to the other things like the good school systems and things because Montgomery County school system is it's top notch. It's really great within the entire country. It, it's high mm-hmm. ranking. So they do that, but that is exactly what you, what you, what you're saying is so right, because they will say, though you're in this school, I have something different than you and whatever, just because you're here doesn't mean this because this is what separates you. And it makes me feel like Candace was literally raised to think that because she is darker, she will, she might not be um, smiled upon as much. She might be a little bit more of a threat. And I, don't want to say that influenced how she married because I do not know why she fell in love with Chris, but I can, uh, I could understand it because it kind of influenced how Ashley married because she talked about how there's some aspect of her that wants that approval from that older white man Mm-hmm. that she didn't get from her father that she sees someone in Michael she said I might see him a little bit as a father figure because I want that approval and the main reason her real dad did not accept her was because of her mother's race and who she is and everything so it does make sense and it could lend itself to that but I think Candace thought how she carries herself the vibe that she gives how yeah. she speaks slowly and articulate my mom used to tell me that all the time too and it's how she was raised is and her mother is lighter than her and her dad was the darker one and she's the darkest in her family she was like well you need the way she would make me speak she would always tell me enunciate Mm -hmm. and she would put me in vocal lessons as a child and she would have me in all the plays and a lot of the kids would get mad at me because I would always get the speaking parts and sadly her argument would be well she's the best most well-spoken and I would do oratorical contests and speech competitions and all these writing things because she wanted me she wanted to show that she could have that kid and that she spoke that way too people are constantly shocked when she walks in a room because of how her resume and who she is she also has like a male or more masculine name so they get very shocked that it is a black woman that comes in and looks like that but she was taught the way you carry yourself the way you speak the kind of money you have how you dress how you present she will not go anywhere without earrings on and lipstick like that means you are less of a threat and mm. they might think you are more of a threat or a threat in general because of your complexion and I got why Wendy was saying that word aggressive using it towards me when your friend literally attacked someone right 
it does have a dog whistle component to it because you're saying it so easily with them because you don't understand them, but you understand Monique and you're not saying it to her. You're defending her. And then I look at Candace and I'm saying the same thing to you. You don't want to ask you to call you aggressive because you're reminded that in your mind, there's a hierarchy. And in some reason, for some reason, you think Ashley could either validate or invalidate that to you and shouldn't use it. And while I agree, she shouldn't use it. It has nothing to do with that. And the reason that you decided to call Monique a ghetto hood rat is because that's the only thing that you think separates you. Um, sorry, hold on. So yeah, that's that's kind of all that I felt about, you know, the situation. I thought two things could be true. I do think Candace is is, is surviving in a double standard right now where she is if anything, she should be the most aware because she knows these words can be, uh, you know, a triggering. Mm -hmm. They can be a little bit um, unfair to be used against her. And I do think Ashley could have, I don't find it to be her responsibility to, to know that other than, you know, you can Google. Yes, I know you can look it up, but I don't know if it'd be necessarily within her wheelhouse to have practiced it until now. But I think now that she has been caught out on it, I think she can stand to be like, well, I never considered that. And that's not my intent, mm -hmm. but I can think, I can think about it now from that perspective. And like, just like Robin did and be like, you know, we can kind of move forward thinking in a different way. And Wendy told Andy, it's like your kid, you don't say to your kid, you are a bad kid or you have been a bad boy. You say things like you could have behaved differently. You could have made a different choice. There are words, words are powerful. These are not un unintelligent women. But I think mm -hmm. that Candace should lend herself to then realize she owes Monique an apology for calling her ghetto and for calling her a hood rat because that is no better. And that kind of, those connotations are also limited to a lot of women and people who are darker that mm -hmm. is an, a lot more quicker of a jump for people than unless they know the actual background or hear the vernacular that they associate with it or see the experience or the behaviors and associated with it but that's what Candace did she then was like well I am a human and though I am this kind of human like and I might look like Monique I would never act like that because of who I am and where I'm mm -hmm. from and that's not fair you do not know Monique's situation or anything like that and you don't know what would have happened the two judgy girls just put up a best housewives fights and in Housewives of Miami, Joanna and Adriana went full on blows, like punching, pulling, all that. And nobody in that thing was uh, allegedly from the hood or anything mm -hmm. like that. Every there, everybody there was supposed to be of a different caliber and all right. these things. And it happens it does happen. It has nothing to do with their race. It is a human response. You're not more inclined to hit if you are black than if you are white. Right. And I found it interesting. And obviously the connotation and the history is different. So I'm not comparing those two directly, but I found it interesting that Michael Darby, as soon as he went after Brown Dick Chris was calling him a redneck and white trash. And that is the way of saying you are less than me. It's another class statement. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy because like I don't like the way Candace you know responded in the fight and I don't like the way Michael Darby fought in the fight it's almost like they need to switch partners yes like Candace so you can and just Michael be are so volatile <laughs> and like I, but I was team Chris in that fight because mm -hmm. I'm looking at Michael like Ashley wasn't even a part of this why are you even fighting about this this is ridiculous and yes you're right I think that is a really good point I can't wait for them to bring that up but we know we're not going to be able to talk to um Jamal because he's not there honey they asked <laughs> 
Karen goes, is Jamal here? No, he's not. Of course, of course he's not. And <laughs> Monique, we're at the binder, Chelsea. We're at the binder. We're uh, here. I know. She said his number. And did you see Giselle's wheels turning? She was literally mm -hmm. contemplating, do I confirm or do I deny? And they literally call it out. Yep. They I, will go get my uh, phone immediately, won't they? Yes, they will. So this is my thought about the binder. Please. I have I have many. I Please. also didn't take notes because I I literally I, I texted you. I rewatched this episode this morning with my cup of coffee. Perfect start to my Friday. I put on the closed caption so I could catch every word because there was just so much happening. I feel like with the binder, of course, objectively, it is iconic. It is going to be an artifact at BravoCon 2021, Ask Believe Receive. Oh, it yes. is such a moment in time. It is so perfect in its premise. Where Monique lost me, and you know, I have I have skewed Team Candace in this fight, but I'm definitely not like a Candace supporter anymore. Um, I was before <laughs> the season, before some tweets, but I still see the merit. I'm team. Both of them are a little right and both of them are a little wrong and both okay, of them yeah. should have just apologized. So team the table. Okay. Team the table. Like you've always said, I'm team the table, but Monique lost me because yes, it's like, she's going out. She's going to burn it to the ground. I get the vibe. She is going to go out on her own terms. I would be surprised if she's back next season. I think she's just like going out full Cersei on Game that of Thrones. Like I, if I can't be queen, no one can be queen. I'm going to burn this shit down. But I don't understand. Number one, what does Giselle have to do with any of it? Because you were fine having a pancake cook off with her in the start of the season. And now all of a sudden you're going to go after her for these rumors she started against you. And it's very much like, well, you hit me. So I hit you type of thing that she is now becoming the person she hated. She is doing the thing to Giselle that she has been so hurt by the other women doing to her. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I do. I see what you're saying. I, I don't know if I agree just because I think a reunion is a free for all. I think mm -hmm. we should just come after everybody left, right, center. And I think that she is trying to go out guns blazing. And I think that it's because they all iced her out. Yeah. And I think she's like, okay, well, you're judging me and I could literally judge all of you. And y'all, yeah. I'm so sorry for saying literally so much. Let me find a new word, basically. We'll go with that. Um, <laughs> I think she is easily coming from the vibe of, you all come out said that I was just so beneath all of you mm -hmm. and I need to be so far away from you. Keep that girl away from me. And we're so ready to write me off, but we have faked this. We've done this. I put up with this. And now she wants to have her, her comeuppance. And if she's going out swinging, I'm happy with it. But I also venture to say what happens if she decides to come back is who will film with you. I don't like it when there's two specific teams, even though I think she has a Karen tab on her binder. Yeah, she had a tab for she had a tab for Ashley too. And Ashley wrote a freaking statement for her. Just like, in case. Just in case. And that's what I'm saying about being friends with Monique. I I worry about like yeah, I, no one's I think gonna she, wanna. I, and I think she's shown this about herself. Like she has the potential to be vulnerable. Like that therapy scene was so moving, but then she can't sit in that vulnerability and just say, I'm sorry. She has mm -hmm. to then like, she, she's always on the defense. And I think her defense mechanism is like, I'm going to jab you before you have a chance to hurt me. And so I just, that was like, 
that was so much. And I think the thing about Potomac this season is that obviously there was so much going on behind the scenes. And I put out this post that I really wish they would go old school where give them the Housewives blogs, like give Mm -hmm. that to them if they want to like talk about each episode and give their point of view. I would love if there was no social media or limited social media and then they just brought their binders to the reunion the way Monique did and they lay it all out on the line with other people able to give their point of view of the things that they're accusing them of because I think then it could be more like I don't want to be an internet Nancy Drew to try to figure out the plot you know what I mean I want to just watch what's happening and then at the reunion if there's additional information that wasn't told based on what the production gave us in the storyline then the women can present their case in their binders and their tabs and their manila folders and their giant blown up text messages yes okay I see that I just when she said that man's number and Giselle said, that's it. I said, oh my God. Giselle's life like flashed before her eyes. She went through the stages of grief in like 0.7 seconds. You saw all of the emotions. And at the end she was, she did get to acceptance. She said, yep, that, that is her number. And Candace said, well, that is unfortunate. And I think she's good for all of us. Candace <laughs> is kind of funny. When Annie said, you are wild on Twitter. She goes, thank you. I just, <laughs> I've never liked Candace that much. I found her a little more likable this episode. I and the reunion, because the delusion yeah. was just there. And I... I mean, say what you will about Candace. She gives entertaining television and people love to hate her. But I liked Andy giving her the advice of like, I think your life will be a little bit easier if you just ease up on Twitter. Because that's what I've been, she had the good edit handed to her on a silver platter and she literally couldn't put her phone down. She literally couldn't help herself. It's so bad. And I, it's the thank you though sent me it's not good don't do it I'm not encouraging it but it just made me <laughs> laugh she's like yeah I heard yeah and and it's I like love that, the um, mystery sorry, Go ahead. it's like the one uh Beyonce interviewer it's like you are Beyonce and she's like thank you yes <laughs> yes I am <laughs> and it just it gave me a little bit of pause when she he she was like trying to produce a moment and she goes so I heard you bought a house and she's like I'm going to wait for Chris to come out and we'll talk about that. It's like, so did you or not? Or did you, or did you not? Like it's, and we now know cause we saw it. So yeah, you mm-hmm. did. And Giselle goes, are you pregnant? And I just love that Giselle won't even let it. Cause she really wanted Andy to pry and go. So when's our babies? I don't know, maybe something soon. And he, she wanted him to go. So how soon next reunion this year? Do you have something to say in the end of this? And, Giselle right. goes, are you pregnant? We're going to cut to the chase. She goes, no. And I'm like, LOL. Y'all stole Candace's moment. I don't know. I thought it was a fantastic reunion part one. I thought that there were so many parts that we could all come away mm-hmm. from that was so different and have different thoughts. I thought that, and that's one of the things we love about an ensemble cast because you have, even in such a, a nuanced and different conversation, a difficult conversation, like colorism and like word choice with women of color, you have women of color Mm -hmm. talking about it and they even all come from different perspectives. They all think differently about it. You do have Monique who is like, well, no, I don't want to believe that. I think she doesn't want to believe that that's the reason people would think that of her because I do Mm -hmm. think she also comes from a different vein of it with Candace and that's why it hurt her very much when Candace did the same thing. I think she even comes from it and I can't imagine why not because when you call your husband and say you got into a physical fight, the first thing he says is that's embarrassing. So I don't know. Maybe he's on. Maybe she. Maybe mm-hmm. she is 
of the same vein because that's not the first thing I would say if the person that I love was in a physical fight and it was could have possibly been hurt. So okay so Monique herself I think has such personal shame I think she holds herself to a high standard and she's been shamed sit down with ladies where they shamed her she's been basically like the pressure of being a black woman and being a perfect representation of her entire race was put upon her so I understand her feeling like she needs to fight back but it's just I can't I mean the part two because we're only getting we've only covered one tab of that binder like what else is in there (laughs) I can't wait to see what's also in the pockets and everything and the the I want to get deeper (laughs) into the conversation with about Jamal and all these babies mothers especially considering he just went live and he has his own binders he said you can't bring the receipts if I have the cash register. And I said, I don't know what that means, but I am in, sir. I am here to cash in all my coins. You have them and my attention. The delusional (laughs) man, I honestly think that he just wanted to be able to say his piece himself because he's narcissistic enough to want that attention. But it's not because he wants to defend Giselle as his girlfriend. If anything, it's just because he's Uh, she's the mother of his kids that he feels protective over Mm -hmm. her but and because you addressed him directly and he wouldn't do this if it wasn't for the fact that this is such a big platform and he wishes he had it but uh, to which I say sir you could have you could have shown up and then you would have had the thing is that if you're going to use this platform then show up to the reunion you know it don't you don't get to your kids christmas card i do you know anything (laughs) anything i just I I found it, I mean, that was a wild situation to begin with. It's just for me, Potomac, and I think this was an amazing season. I I give it five out of five folded Candace tissues. I mean, it was, it was perfection from top to bottom. I'm worried. I'm worried, period. I'm worried about the behind the scenes stuff stealing the plot and getting to be bigger than the actual show. Cause I think that's where we go wrong with shows like Beverly Hills. So mm-hmm. I hope that this was a learning lesson for them and for Bravo to be like, we cannot be having shenanigans going on off camera. It needs to be shown on screen yes. if it's going to be talked about. I liked your tweet and in your your hot take, which I think is just great advice that Bravo celebrities need to be gag ordered on the, the social media mm-hmm. while we're still in season because it's too much to keep up with. We will forget. We will miss it. They address the Reddit detectives um, in part two and Ashley's uh, husband grabbing booties in season one and it's gonna get wild and I think that those things are fine but when they are allowed to respond in mm-hmm. real time it almost makes me feel like so yeah what we're gonna get from Monique I was so satisfied with with this binder but now we're getting a response from someone who we don't get to like we don't get to update it like we are now behind and she's now like what she is is like the behind information yes. we're not working with the most correct and current information anymore and that is really frustrating because we're this is such a good season to be invested in and that's what I mean about bringing it all to the reunion with all parties present so they can be giving back and forth they can be having a dialogue about these rumors and about this stuff so that we're not having like two separate parties weigh in at two different times and they can't interact with each other like well actually Jamal that's wrong or actually Monique that's wrong Yeah, and I really want to know about these women, especially the one that she texted back and forth with, um, because apparently Pastor Holy Whore is slinging his D all over Atlanta, and Monique has the receipts in her binder for a tab last lady, which is a funny pun (laughs) off of first lady, and 
I just appreciate everyone who helped her get to that moment because mm-hmm. though Monique has disappointed me in a lot of ways and though Candace has disappointed me in a lot of ways, somehow in the reunion, they're both appointing me. Yes. <laughs> they're both yes, absolutely. very pleased. I am very proud and like the shade of it all, like Candace, it, it, it just feels like we're, we're there and all the, everything's dropped. Charges are all dropped there. It's all full force. I do agree a little bit with you now that I've thought about it. It's crazy that Monique is going so hard after Giselle now that she can legally go after Candace. It makes no sense. I would just go after and Maybe they'll, maybe they're just saving it. Yeah, maybe they're just saving it for, you know, part two or part three. But okay, I have time. It was, yeah, I have plenty of time. I mean, I want to go page by page. I want them to do a special, a behind the scenes special where Andy just is reading the binder like a bedtime story to me, page by page by page. I would love that. I think that'd be fantastic. I mean, the binder is now the new thing. It'll be really interesting who decides to do something else for Mm -hmm. their next reunion because you know this is going to be repeated now. And I want us to all remember the original credit goes to Monique Samuels. We will not take it away from her. Of Potomac, Mm -hmm. y'all need to be watching Potomac. Their numbers are insane. And I'm very pleased. Y'all, we did it. We brought them back where they needed to be they are now neck and neck with atlanta atlanta is coming down and potomac is coming for that throne honey and they deserve they deserve i love it and they were so smart of doing that clip package in the beginning showing past seasons for the people that are tuning in that might be new to this to be like oh i need to go back and watch but yeah they think about Mm -hmm. the thing about the the about the binder is like what possibly could be next I mean are we going to get like laser pointers and powerpoints next season like where do we go from here I don't know and I'm ready to find out and I just want to even I can't (laughs) wait for part two like I said the the sneak peek is seven minutes and I remember being like wait so how many commercial oh no this is a clip not a commercial break oh my god and I'm ready for Sunday already so Mm -hmm. y'all this was exciting part one amazing part two i'm ready bravo has been so good i feel blessed and i feel so blessed to have had you here with me chelsea during this journey please tell the people though this is literally titled with at oh no bravo (laughs) tell the people where they can find you oh no bravo so you can find me on instagram at Uno Bravo. Um, I go live on Fridays, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Tonight, the 18th, I'm going live with Katie Maloney Schwartz. So definitely tune in. Or if you're listening to this at a later time, it will be saved to my IGTV and the audio will be uploaded to my Patreon if you'd prefer to listen to it like a podcast. And then on Sunday this week, I'm going to be going live with the official Uno Bravo correspondent, my sister-in-law. We're going to be doing kind of a breakdown of 2020 before I take a little hiatus for the holidays. Uh, But yeah, Follow me over there. It's a good time. Ani's been on a bunch of my lives, so you can see us live Yay. shooting the shit. Yes, please follow at Ono oh Bravo at Ono oh Bravo on Instagram. <laughs> and um, yeah, you guys, please stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe, stay home. Take care of yourselves. Happiest of holidays. I will be doing another Patreon with um, Haya and Aaron from Bravo While Black for the Bachelorette season mm-hmm. finale uh two-part or we're staying up late to do it right before christmas because it's coming out next week or right before christmas i will be also doing um a, a oc season four um rewatch uh, another episode for the holidays just because it will be such little content to listen to and i'm thinking of probably doing a rundown before new year's of um the top 20 moments of 2020 on bravo and uh all of that and so much more thank you for listening thank you for putting up with my 
repeat of stories, which I, again, have to do because people are new, Jan. Um, and for the literallys and the wilds and all that, you are so, you all just, thank you for suffering through with me. And um, I hope you're taking care of yourselves and have a wonderful, happy and safe holidays. Bye. For more about me, Bravo, Housewives, Pop Culture, and so much more, follow me on Instagram at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. So you can keep up with me and don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening and rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.